following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Lucha Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Radar, and my tag team partner. He's the analysis of the LOC. He's a straight shooter on Twitter, and when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar. From the mean streets of L.I. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, Mario? Bro, it feels weird because we haven't done this in a while and Leo's not here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. this uh, We were just talking off air. This is not an ideal way we would like to usually do a show. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, we are doing a show. So I guess that's a positive. Yeah. Uh, much of a positive. But, dude, you've had an incredible last, like, two weeks. How are you? Oof. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it has been, it has been a, a lot, you know, it's, it's been fun, but it's been crazy, but you know, I'm grateful for it nonetheless. How are the pockets? Ooh, yeah, I mean, they're good, they're good, but uh, you know, could obviously be better, but you know what, it's okay. It's okay, okay, so my next question is, if we were in studio, would you get the congratulations, bud? Probably. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably deserved. <laughs> Leo's not here because um he's busy doing a million things. Obviously, he's a dad first, and then he's still trying to work out the the last couple of kinks in the in the studio. So um that's why he's not here. Hopefully, maybe in a week or two we'll be in the studio. We're not really sure. It's gonna happen oh, okay. at some point, but we don't know. <laughs> that's exciting. It's exciting stuff. Yeah, hopefully you'll you'll make your way down to Jersey, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, let me do my gimmick. Give me a second. It's hashtag. Rebel time. There we go. See, at least that's a positive too. At least we can still hear the crack of the can. Oh, that's of course, yeah. Thing. You could definitely hear the crack. You could definitely hear the crack. <laughs> um, I before we get started with like all the incredible things that happened the last two weeks, unfortunately, we're gonna start with some bad news, dude. And that's um, Daphne, man. I was a big fan of Daphne when I was a kid. Uh, rest in peace to Daphne. I believe she was only forty six, and um, unfortunately, she was going through some things. Which I had no clue about, and unfortunately, she took her life, man. It was pretty, uh, this one hit me a little bit, because when I was a kid, uh, I was really into Daphne. She had, like, this really different, dark, but hot look to her, and, um... Seeing what she did after WCW died, obviously she didn't get picked up by WWF at the time, and she just started working the indies, like, promotions like Shimmer, and she helped out so many young talent, and then she... 
ended up having a not a cup of coffee, but she had a, ended up having a, another run in TNA, I believe, in the mid two thousands, late two thousands, twenty ten or whatever. Um, so I'm glad that she had uh, another run, but I feel like when you talk about Daphne, people don't give her enough credit because I feel like she was that good, you know. Do you have uh anything you want to say about Daphne or anything you recall about Daphne? I'll be honest, I haven't really, I didn't really, uh, <clears throat> can't say I was a huge fan because I really didn't see much of her work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only, I only remember her in TNA. Okay. Um, that's, that's really it. But, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I'm familiar with her. Right. Um, but it doesn't matter whether I'm familiar with her or a fan of her or not. It's, it's a sad story. Any way you put it. Um, right. You know, obviously I didn't know she was going through anything either. I, I did not follow her on any social media stuff. Mm-hmm. So I haven't heard about her in a long, long time. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I start to see the rumblings on Twitter about, you know, how she was on Instagram Live apparently talking, you know, uh, uh, about suicidal thoughts right. and things like that. Right. Um, and then, you know, seeing everybody saying like, oh, you know, the police are, are on their way to her and all this this and that. I think Mick Foley and, um, tried to like reach out to her like ASAP. Right, right. And uh, then we didn't hear anything for like until the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually... As soon as I got off my flight, uh, not in Chicago, but in Baltimore, I saw <laughs> that on Twitter, yeah, so it's, it's a story for for itself, uh, we're not talking about this, but yeah. Um, yeah, then I saw on Twitter, unfortunately, that, um, you know, they were too late, and she took her own life, so it, it's, it's incredibly sad, you never like to see any of that happen, and it just goes to show that mental health is very, very important, yeah. and, yep. uh, you know, just be kind to people. You know, a lot of people uh, say, I I won't even say a lot of people, but I'll say some people. I think that's the better word to use. They like to say that, you know, mental health just gets thrown around like that. But nah, mental health is a real thing, man. Um, You know, somebody close to you could be going through something and um, you won't have any idea, you know. So um, it's really unfortunate, um, the whole Daphne situation. It does make me sad. Um, And... What's worse about the situation, other than her taking her life, is every time someone passes away, you know, you do see a lot of people showing love for that person. Like, oh, this person did this for me or whatever. And I'm not saying it doesn't come from a good place because I'm sure that everyone that did post about Daphne did come from a good place. You know, even a guy like Austin Aries, I know he at times could be a very controversial figure, but Austin Aries put out like a very beautiful tribute to, to Daphne. So it's sad. At times, it takes someone's death to see how much that person is appreciative, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, fortunately, you know, she, she'll never be able to know how much that she has loved. Yeah, so rest in peace to Daphne. And then in, in another sad kind of turn into, I guess, good news was um, this Triple H heart health scare that nobody had no clue about. Apparently... He had some type of like cardiac arrest, and then he ended up having surgery for it this past week. Thankfully, everything came out great. But man, it, it, this came out of left field. Like I would have never expected Triple H to have like any type of heart problems. But you know, obviously the Peckerheads and and like the toxic um, wrestling fans, they started coming out with their own theories. Like, oh, Triple H is so stressed out because uh, Vince is destroying his baby NXT or whatever. But I'm just happy Triple H is okay, man. Because if if something would have went south, man, you want to talk about a tremendous loss in the wrestling business as a whole, and that's Triple H, man. Yeah, it's scary. Uh, apparently, it's just a genetic. Uh, disorder, um, yeah, that, that nobody knew about, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't even know if he knew that he 
you know, about it or whatever. But, um, yeah, really, really scary stuff. I actually, like, when I saw the WWE posted that uh, official statement, I was, I, I was, like, reading it, like, my heart sunk for a little bit because it looked like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first, like, something that wasn't good. Right, and, um, right. Yeah, I'm just relieved and happy that he's okay. Apparently, he's doing well. He's expected to make a full recovery, yep. which is obviously great news. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the guy's still tweeting about NXT on, on his Twitter uh, it's like you would never know anything was up. I know, man. And it just go, ju- it just goes to show you what kind of person he is. And I'm just happy that he's okay because, you know, remove, like, the wrestling side of things or whatever. But people got to understand he's a dad, too, and a husband. So he has three little girls. Yeah, you know, it, he's it, it's, still it, pretty young for his, you know. Yeah, his, you, it, it, yeah, it just came out of the blue. And, you know, Triple H, he's not a guy that drinks or anything. I, I don't think he's dabbled with drugs, you know, when it comes to... Uh, you know, drugs like, you know, pills and, and, you know, coke or anything like that. I don't know about uh, enhancement drugs, but <laughs> when it comes right. to, like, drugs, drugs, like, he, he's a clean guy. Like, he's never messed around with that kind of stuff. That's why, you know, back in the day in the 90s, he was the he was the designated driver because the rest of the clique were getting hammered. So, right. so it, it, it just came out of nowhere. And kind of like what you said when I read that, I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh, no, he's okay. But Jesus Christ, it's still scary stuff, man. Dude, I know. It's, it's incredibly scary, man. It just... You know, it just goes to show that anything can happen at any, to any point in life. And, uh, you know, even when you're not prepared for it. So it's, like I said, relieved that he's okay. And um, uh, who knows if we're going to see him back on television now right. with, with everything that's going on. But uh, I hope that he could get back to, to doing what he what he does best. And, uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers definitely with him. So we were talking off air, Ryan, now, since, uh, I think, like, since Friday, we were talking. Obviously, we talk all the time about other stuff. But when we were talking about uh, today's episode, I was telling you, I'm like, dude, this is going to be your episode because you was in Chicago. You experienced all this. So you're kind of be you're kind of going to be st- steering the wheel here and kind of uh, telling us your experience when it comes to the AEW stuff, you was also at GCW War Games, Art of War Games. So you're kind of going to be steering the ship here. And obviously I'll jump in and kind of give you my point of view, you know, watching it on TV. Because, you know, I did watch all these shows uh, on at home, but you was there live. So kind of walk us through how you got to Chicago. Obviously you had some shenanigans there. Kind of take it away, Ryan. It, it's your show. Yeah. Uh, boy. Trying to get to Chicago was uh, was just I, I don't even have the words to describe it. It was hectic. It was frustrating. It was exhausting. Um, my flight was supposed to be at seven a.m. Eastern time out of uh, LaGuardia Airport in Queens, and got up at like three thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, made it to the airport by like five. I always like to get there early, you know, just in case. And especially with the weather and how everything was the night before, I said, you know what, gotta gotta left for some time. So got there a little after 5 a.m., uh, you know, got through security. Everything, you know, it was crowded, but it wasn't too bad. It wasn't as bad as I expected. This was Thursday or Friday? This is Thursday. Oh, so you were, gonna, you were flying on Thursday. And this is, like, pretty much early aftermath of everything that we experienced out here in, like, the Northeast. As exactly. for those that, so for those that don't know, out here, like, in the Northeast, especially in New Jersey, New York, we got legit flooded. Like, the whole fucking two states got flooded extreme. Like, I got stuck at work for, like, 24 hours. Like, that's how bad it was. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was bad. I mean, the whole the whole drive there um, was seeing so many abandoned cars literally in the middle of it, the, one of the busiest highways. Um, 
and just you know it was causing traffic too because people i gotta go around these cars mm-hmm. and like so many abandoned cars i, I said to myself look where, where'd the people go you know like i, I can't <laughs> imagine like like I, it was like a swimming pool yeah um and people's cars floating in, in there and like where did these people go like you know like like how did they get, escape and get out of here um but nonetheless i guess they did get to the airport and breeze through security and everything's fine you know everything seems good and then me and my brother we look at the the board and we see that our flight is canceled. Oh, God, like, you got to be kidding me. Like, and at that point, I knew that this was going to be a long day ahead of us. <laughs> um, we, we, it was American Airlines flight. We, we go up there. Who, who saw like, the, right. who saw the alert that, um, that your guy, that the flight for you guys got canceled? Was it your brother, you said? It was my brother first, yeah. So was, was his reaction? Was actually... So was his his reaction when you saw when he saw like, oh shit, our flight was can- canceled. Was it like the Kenny Omega face, like that I'd be using? <laughs> was it like that? <laughs> um, it was probably a little bit more um, pissed off and, and frustrated <laughs> instead of uh, you know, that look of just like you know confusion. <laughs> but so we we go up to you know the the flight attendants or whatever and and or whoever is is in charge for American Airlines flights. And, you know, we're like, all right, so our flight got canceled. Like, what do we do now? Um, They put us on a standby flight, which means you are not guaranteed to get on that. You can only get on it unless, you know, there's spots available. So if if it's not a full flight, you know, they got some extra, it's time to board. So I was like, all right, oh boy. Uh, And that was at, that was a nine o'clock flight. So we, you know, we we had to wait a little while, but we're like, all right, just put it, put that, put it on. Put us on standby, and we'll see what else we can do. So as we're sitting there uh, by that gate, it's like still over an hour away from boarding. We're trying to come up with different scenarios of how we could get to Chicago that's not this way. Because, again, we're not guaranteed to get on. So it's like if we don't get on, we need a plan B. And I wasn't really, I wasn't pretty optimistic at all that I was going to get on this flight. We're going to rent a car and fucking drive to Chicago. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. Well, first of all, I contemplated just copying a rental car from LaGuardia Airport and driving 13 hours to Chicago. But I was like, no, 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 that's too crazy. There's got to be something else. Car, and then we can drive. You know, hour and a half would get us there before three o'clock. You know, the the, the Chicago that day. I, I didn't even care at this point what time I got there. Um, it's funny. I did have tickets to the Pro Wrestling Tees AEW softball game, the charity softball game, uh, that night. They were doing meet and greets and stuff. I, I had planned to meet Darby Allen there. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Uh, wasted 20 bucks on that. But you know what? It was okay. Uh, that was the least of my worries. Uh, my worry was just how, how the hell do I get to Chicago today? Mm-hmm. So once we came up with that plan to go to Columbus and then Milwaukee, whatever, uh, we immediately see if we can get on that. Unfortunately, they only had one spot left on that, on that flight. And I don't know. I was with my brother. We needed to go together. There's no way one of us could have just ditched the other, you know, and, figure, and let the other person figure out what they're going to do. Even we though you were thinking together. about it. <laughs> yeah. I thought it'd be like, listen, see you, bro. I'm hopping on. Listen, uh, pal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was never an option. And okay. we just trying to come up with so many other different scenarios, man. There was like another flight that went, I think, to... God, I don't even know. I think it was Nashville, and then it was like to Chicago. Nothing was nonstop. Everything had a layover. All right, so let me so let me jump in here real quick. Did you ever think like, okay, maybe we could fly the clo- the closest like area to Chicago? Like, meaning like, let's let's drive like not drive. Let's fly to Indiana and then just cop like maybe a rental to Chicago. Have you did you think about that or no? 
Yeah, so that was the Milwaukee thing. So oh, okay. like Milwaukee, okay. like you said, is only an hour and a half outside. Right, that's not Chicago. too bad. So I, so I said, all right, you know, we can rent a car or whatever, but that they only had one spot left, unfortunately, because that would have worked out perfectly. Okay. That would have been that would have been the plan. Because also too, like, I you know, I, we would only have to. This is only our our one way flight that was affected, so we would only have to drive the rental car to like the Chicago O'Hare Airport. Right, that's not bad at all. There, yeah, and like. You know, Uber to, to where we were staying, so it wouldn't have been like we needed to rent a car for the whole weekend. It was literally just for you know a few hours. You know, right, right. Um, so that would have worked out perfectly. Unfortunately, it did not work out. And then you know, basically, American Airlines just—I don't understand how this, how they they operate, but they basically just weren't any help after that. Like, like you would think they they cancel a flight on you. I'm sitting here at the airport like a dummy trying to leave, like. You would think they would hook you up with something. Were there other and, people like besides you and your brother that was like asking these questions and be like, "What the oh, fuck yeah. is going on here?" Oh, it was crowded. Yeah, listen, we ended up on that. Well, so we didn't get on the standby flight um, for nine o'clock, the one that was mentioning before, right? Uh, because we were like the fifteenth person uh, on standby. So like the other fourteen people were, you know, other people that were on our canceled flight too. I don't even know if they got on it. I, I don't know who got on this, but. We obviously had no luck, but the funny thing is, I wasn't on the flight, but my bag was on the flight. Oh God! Yeah. You know so that's one of my biggest fears, sense. bro. You know that's one of my biggest fears. So the recent couple of times that I've traveled, I usually just take a carry on and I try to squeeze as much shit as on there, so I won't have to like check in bags, right? But yeah. that's like one of my biggest fears, like going somewhere, like when it's like more than like three, four days where I have to fucking take like, you know, luggage or whatever. And I get to the place and my luggage is nowhere to be found. That's like one of my biggest fears, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I, I've always thought about it, too. But I always said to myself, like, listen, it, that's like highly unlikely that it happens. If it does, it's one, every once in a blue moon. Right. You hear stories about like some of these wrestlers that they, you know, I mean, they travel all the time. So like right. that, some of these things are bound to happen to them. You know, oh, they don't get their gear, you know, whatever like that. But, like, I don't travel that much. I mean, I, I travel probably, you know, a decent amount, but not as much as, like, you know, some of these, like, these superstars and things like that, you right. know? So I'm like, yeah, it's it's unlikely. And if it does, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out, whatever. Well, this time... I'll it figure actually, it out. I'll just buy some wrestling merch and I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You know, I didn't really pack too much anyways, but I figured I'd be going ham on merch anyway. So, um, but... Yeah, so my, my bag was on its way to Chicago. Dude, I still didn't have your, your bag was going to be at All Out and you were going to miss the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. In a way, I said to myself, like, all right, you know what? At least my bag is in Chicago and I will be in Chicago at some point. So, you know, like, whatever. I'll figure it out when right. I get there. Okay. Um, so, needless to say, American Airlines didn't help at all. Um, ended up getting a full refund after, you know, arguing with them for a long time. They so hold on, you were arguing like on the phone, or you arguing with the actual people like that was working no, with, there? No, with the actual people. They're probably um, the, the people that were working American like, like they're probably looking at you and your brother like, what are these two kids harassing us for? Just give them the fucking money. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, because these thing is, these airlines want to give you flight credit instead of a full refund. I don't want no I fucking like, credit. I was like, you're not giving me credit. I said, I'm not flying you ever again. So like, this is to be a waste for me. Like, right. I need, I need. My money back. Uh, again, yeah, especially not, what's going on. I'm definitely not flying American Airlines again. Yeah, I told them that. I told them straight up. I'm like, listen, I need a full refund because I don't plan on ever flying you again. Oh, so they ended up God. giving me the full refund after, you know, uh, all this shenanigans. 
And I, you know, me and my brother, you know, we're contemplating still what to do. It's like it's just like ten o'clock at this point. How now. how's like, Nick right. right now with all this that's happening? The same exact way. We're just like oh, like figures, you know, like just our luck. Like, oh. This is this is gonna happen to us like this, oh. right? And uh, you know, we actually plan to go in a day early, like you said, you know, before the whole weekend uh, right, thing start right. to week so we can chill, settle, settle in, of course, things like that. Of course, of course, you won't have to rush <laughs> yeah. anything if you land like the day of, and then you got to do like boom, 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 boom. Right, which is what we've done before in the past. So we right. learned our lesson, and we're like, this time we ain't gonna make the same mistake. Well, unfortunately, you know, it's just this is why we can't have nice things. Um, <sighs> we actually end up finding a flight that has a four-hour layover in Baltimore and then gets to Chicago. And Ugh. I'm just like, you know what? At this point, like, we're cutting into so much of the day now at this point. Like, we need to just do something. We need to make a move. You, you need to make moves because the more the more time you guys are wasting, it, right. then what the fuck are you guys going to do? Right. It was a battle against the clock pretty right. much. Um, so the only problem with that, though, is we had to go from LaGuardia Airport over to Long Island MacArthur Airport. This airport is a smaller airport. It's it's about. I don't think um, I even ever heard of this airport. Yeah, yeah, you probably wouldn't unless you live on Long Island. It's a 15, 20 minute drive uh, from my house, and LaGuardia is like an hour drive from my house. So we then the next part, the next thing was we had to figure out how we were getting from one airport to the other. Oh. Um, so it's like at ten o'clock right now, and this flight was at twelve fifty five. So we had some time, but uh, couldn't. My, my mom was not coming back to LaGuardia Airport to pick us up to drive us all the way back to Long Island. She was not doing that again. So we had to Uber from LaGuardia Airport to uh, Long Island MacArthur Airport. It was an hour and 10 minutes uh, Uber ride. Uh, $200 for the Uber. For the love of wrestling, the things you guys got to do. Yeah, I was like, oh God, I'm spending a shit ton of money already and I haven't even gotten to Chicago yet. Uh, ridiculous. So, um, yeah, we finally made it to the airport, and we got on our flight. It was about an hour flight to Baltimore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And once we got to Baltimore, it was a four-hour layover. Um, did, you, gosh, did you stop I, and go to uh, Jimmy's Seafood? Uh, dude, I wish. I wish we did. <laughs> uh, I ended up just settling for the the, uh, the airport bar there. Had, had some drinks, had some food. Miserable. Listened to, uh, miserable. <laughs> Uh, listen to some podcasts. Right. Thank God Tony Khan was on the unrestricted AEW podcast. Oh, you listen to that episode? You listen to that episode when he goes like, I think this is going to be one of the greatest cards in the history of AEW. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's one of the greatest cards I've ever uh, put together. You know, on uh, uh, pay-per-view. <laughs> I love Tony, though. Yeah. I, I say that because I love Tony. That's, that's no, me too. Point. I know. And on paper, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think it was. It looked like the big, biggest best card that he's ever put on but uh, obviously we'll get there we'll talk about how right. great the, the show ended up being right um so yeah eventually you know killed the, all the time mm-hmm. and got on the flight to chicago got to chicago at um 7 p.m their time so it was 8 p.m eastern time right and uh so you know the funny thing is so we got into chicago midway airport because we couldn't get into o'hare so i was like all right fine whatever like midway is only an hour away from O'Hare, and uh, well, luckily we were staying with our friends, and they picked us up. So shout out to them; they were they were good dudes. Oh, so uh, you guys were guess. so you guys didn't even spend money for a hotel. You guys were just saying we're friends. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking it's, great. That's great. Yeah, didn't have to spend money on Ubers at all for the rest of the weekend. They drove us around everywhere. Um, it was great. It really was, and you know, I appreciated them and everything. Um, so we get into Midway, and. O'Hare is on the way to their house anyways. So we had to stop off there because we still got to figure out our bag situation. Because our bags were at O'Hare and we were at Midway. 
Now, your friends so, from Chicago, what was their mindset with everything that you guys were trying to do just to get there? So I actually felt bad that we all had tickets to go to the softball game, and um, they they ended up not going to the softball game because they said if they didn't have uh, – they were really wanted to just go up to the meet and greets. Um, right. They said if they went there, it, it would just be a mad rush with traffic to get to the airport to pick us up. Mm-hmm. So they they canceled their plans to go wow. to that game That's and the meet and greets for us. True and friends really, right there. Really True friends, baby. True friends, yeah, true friends. yeah. I, I felt bad about that, but um, but yeah. I mean, so thank God for them because I don't know how. We, like I said, we would have had the Uber and, and and all that stuff. And I just mm-hmm. didn't. After the day we had, I didn't feel like doing any of that. Got to O'Hare Airport, finally got our bags, and the day was complete. I mean, my God, if we got up at three thirty in the morning, and it was just an all day affair, like sixteen hours oh. of our day, just just unbelievable. Like you, you just really can't make it up. But I said to myself, you know what, we're in Chicago now. Let's let's time to have a great weekend and forget about all this mess. So, right. um, yeah, that that was day one. It was uh, like I said, something that I don't <laughs> I don't wish on oh, anybody. That sounds uh, nuts, dude. It sounds like you went through a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a lot. Is I, I feel like that's putting it lightly. <sighs> oh my god! But um, so yeah, finally day two, Friday comes. Friday morning, um. Got fan fest early in the morning. I had some meet and greets that morning. I had um, I had Christian. I had Sammy Guevara, and um, yeah, I, I believe those were the only two I had uh, that day. Eddie Kingston. Fest, Eddie Kingston. No. Eddie Kingston was on Saturday with okay. the Jurassic Express. How was the um, How was the fan fest um for AEW? Because obviously, normally with, with these big AEW shows, we have Starcast. Obviously, Conrad didn't do that this year. I guess because um you know we we still had no the uh I guess the uncertainty of, of COVID, so he decided not to do no fan fest. So AEW did one. How was the fan fest? Because I heard like mixed reviews about the fan fest from AEW. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, Damn. I was I was wishing for Starcast back. Um, what happened? Because, yeah, it was bad, dude. There was, you know, the way they advertised it was like you know oh there's gonna be a lot of merch and things to do and all that stuff. We walked in and there were three shirts available for purchase. <laughs> yeah, three shirts, and they were AEW logo T-shirts. One said Fan Fest 2021. I'm not buying. Yeah, who, who's Fan really Fest gonna buy that? Shirt. Who the hell's gonna buy that? Right, right. Uh, it, it'd be ridiculous. Uh, it, they're very out of touch with, with merchandise, I mean, even at the shows too. Uh, they just they don't put enough on sale, like. Every, I, I feel like when you go there, you want wrestler t-shirts, right? You just don't want a bunch of logo crap. And they just have, don't have any wrestler tees for avail, like available for purchase. I'm, I have this new Kenny Omega shirt. It was like a pink shirt or whatever. I saw yeah, it I saw that shirt. It looks dope. I, it looks yeah. like a dope shirt. I, I wanted it so bad. They didn't have it for sale at all that weekend. And I'm I just surprised don't get that. that pro wrestling tees in AEW... Like especially for this weekend alone, specifically this weekend, uh, right, all that that's weekend. You would think, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't they didn't um restock the CM Punk black collar shirt. Yep, no, I know. You would think they would, but that they are just a complete. Listen, like I'm grateful the pro wrestling tees exists because I don't know how we could have this stuff mm-hmm. um, without them over the years too. I'm even talking pre AEW, like right. they came in clutch with all this stuff. Right. But they're a mess of an organization. They really are. They they just they either need to expand. They need to get more staff. They need a better operation. They are just they're just clueless when it comes to this stuff. I mean, we went to the pro wrestling tee store that Saturday, mm-hmm. and they had nothing. 
Like, really? I took a picture of the shelves and, bro, it was literally embarrassing. Like, I, I was embarrassed that they even opened up the shop that day because they should have just closed because they didn't have enough stuff. It was that bad. The only sizes they had were, like, XL, 2XL on all these shirts. No, nothing, no new shirts, or like, nothing available. It was, it was embarrassing. Wow. Wow. And you would think the biggest weekend, like you said, you know, they'd never get this much traffic in their store ever. Mm-hmm. Like, unless there's a big, um, you know, event weekend there and, like, everybody's traveling to Chicago. Right. And, man, it's, you would think they would make more shirts specifically for that. It was yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, it you, really would, was. you would think, you would think, like, they would, like, revamp on shit, you know, like, just reamp on everything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you would think. I don't know how you run an operation like that, um, you know, just, and even for them, they're missing out on a lot of money. Yeah, A lot yeah. of potential money that people would be spending on, on this stuff. Like I said, I was, I was about ready to, to, to blow at least $150 there on, on, on t-shirts, man. Like, it's... <laughs> Maybe it's, even more. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who knows, you know? Like I said, every time you walk in there, you know... It, because you could see, like, the designs on the wall there of, like, all the shirts that they have. Um, and, man, like, I saw, like, so many of them that I would definitely purchase if they had my size. And it's just, like I said, it, it was a shame, but I wasn't surprised because, like I said, I know how much of a mess right. they are. <clears throat> and, like I said, th- things got to change. And it's either AEW has to cut ties with them eventually or AEW has to, like, take over um, – like buy out pro wrestling tees or yeah. something like that. I, I don't, I don't see, something. I don't see AEW cutting ties with pro wrestling tees. I do want to get back to the fan fest, but did I ever tell you my pro wrestling tee store uh, story or no? No. All right, so I'll make this really, really quick because I want to get back to your weekend. But when I went to Chicago, the only time I've been to Chicago for a revolution, right? This was in 2020, before the pandemic started, right? When I went out there, uh, I wanted to see visit the pro wrestling tee store. So that. Saturday, um, which was Revolution or whatever, I, you know, I did the, I was being a tourist, right? Like, I did all the Chicago things, you know, see that, the the silver bean gimmick, I went to, like, yeah. I think it was, like, the Sears Tower, one of them tall-ass buildings, I went to that or whatever, and I wanted to go to the Pro Wrestling Tea Store, so I took an Uber there, right? Yo, when I get there, I legit walked up to the front door, and I was, like, I just looked at the store, and then instantly in my head, I just said, congratulations, you played yourself. Because the store was closed. I didn't know. Oh, no. I legit went there just to see a closed store. Why was it closed? I guess they closed early. They had early, um, they had special store hours because of AEW Revolution. So oh. they closed, I think it was like 6 or 6.30. It was like weird, something weird like that. And I think I got there, I think at 6. So I like just missed it. Oh, figures. Yeah, man. So I legit took an Uber there. Looked at the store, walked around it, and then I was like, "All right, let me go back." <laughs> no, so you've never actually been inside. Well, I've I just looked inside. If that that counts. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, it's it's a small, it's small, small yeah. place. Yeah, it's it's very small. It's cool, but it's very very small. And it's like a uh-huh. round of corner in a random street too. It's so like oh, it's, random. It's in like the worst area ever. Like getting an Uber <laughs> there, like the traffic getting there is yeah. always a nightmare. Yeah, like yeah. it's like it was bad. Like I said, but like we, I didn't want to say we wasted money because like to to go down there because for for this we actually um we Ubered down there me and my brother and my other buddy because uh some of my other friends they they chose to go they were at Black Label Pro um on Saturday afternoon no, and we didn't have tickets for that so 
we went downtown at the Protestantes. It was a waste of time, but at least, you know, we, we did the same thing you were talking about. Like, we went to the Bean gimmick, yeah. um, you know, and, and saw the Chicago River and things like that. So, uh, you know, it wasn't a total waste. We got some, some lunch down there. So uh, we made the most of it. But, yeah, pretty pretty depressing going going to that store. I don't think <laughs> next time I go to Chicago, I think we're going to pass on going there because I just know what to expect <laughs> at this point. All right, let's go back to the FanFest. So besides them not having – great merch or no merch at this point because they only had AEW logo uh, shirts. What else was just like off about this type of, um, I guess like fan fest, fan fest, and I'm using quotations here. Yeah, so, I mean, you remember like Starcast, right? And anybody that, that goes to Starcast, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like, there's a lot of vendors there, right? Like selling, selling stuff and, um, you know, they, they got the, um, the, the helming or whatever I think it's called or whatever. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Like they, they sell that merchandise with like the skulls on them and things like that. Yeah, they have they have vendors there. They also have like little activities you can actually even do right. with the wrestlers at times. And obviously, right. besides like the meet and greets, they have like a little mishmash of everything. It's kind of like it's similar to WrestleCon, but like with a yeah. twist to it. Right, you got some random, you get like some random like low low card like um, like wrestlers that you can meet for like twenty bucks or whatever yeah, like that. And, like, yeah, you know, and, and this sometimes usually nobody over there. Like, uh, you know, it's just like it's cool. They, they have like different personalities. Like they had that uh, Alicia Two um, girl there, like at one of the stands or whatever. Uh, you know, it's cool to talk to her or whatever. Like they have like you know, just I, I like how do. I like out of all things that you mentioned, you mentioned Alicia too. <laughs> I know she's the first one that came to my mind. I, so be, I bet like, she, I bet she was, I bet she was. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even for that reason. Uh, just because, like, I'm picturing the room that, uh, like, I'm literally like have my eyes closed right now and I'm picturing the room <laughs> for Starcast that I'm right. literally thinking right. about. Uh, that right. I usually walk around. That's like I think it's free for people. Like even if you didn't buy a yeah. ticket to the Starcast, like mm-hmm. you can still go in there. You yeah. walk around. And I just picture like uh, I, I just she was the first one that came to my mind because I remember her being there and uh, she actually she was working the Wrestle Travel booth, which is yeah. where yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my yeah. I got my uh, my ticket and my round trip bus. So that's why she came to my mind. But uh, nonetheless. Yeah, so this fan fest was nothing like that. You walk in, it's at a big conference. Uh, it's, it's it's in a convention center. Mm-hmm. You walk in, the place is huge, but like half of the the place is like empty, oh, and like ha- half they use like one side of it. And basically, all there was was like a, you know like three shirts of the merch stand, along with you know a couple of other like small little things here and there that I wasn't interested in buying, and then. They have the meet and greets um, behind plexiglass, so stupid, and they had a stage there with, like, an AEW background to do the stage shows, which is, like, there was some Q&As. We walked in, Alistair Black was doing a Q&A with, um, with Alex uh, Abrahantis, and, you know, it was pretty cool. While I was waiting on the line, I listened to some of that. Right. Um, but then they had some, like, other, like, you know, like, um, like they had Brody Lee's coat um, there that you could see. They had, like the throne gimmick that, that Cody like smashed or whatever uh, on display there. But like, I, you know, I don't really care about that stuff. Like, I don't know, like whatever. It's like, right. it is what it is. And that was it. That's all they had at FanFest, you know, not, nothing else to do. So if you weren't meeting anybody and you were not interested in, in sitting there for, for a Q and a or one of the stage shows, there was nothing for you to do there. Yeah, that doesn't sound too uh, fun. It's, it's just, like I said, it, we, we honestly couldn't wait to leave. Like, it was to a point where we, we met our the people we were going to meet, and then we left because there was nothing to do. Like, you, you know, you think FanFest, you think, like, there's something for everybody yeah. there. There's, like, interactive You think of WrestleCon. You think, of, you think, and you know, even, like, let's take, let's um even, like, drop it, like, a couple knots lower than a WrestleCon. You think of, like, the big event in New York. 
yeah, oh, the big event was ten times better than this. At least, you know, like I said, you could walk around and, and you could see who you want to meet. And like I said, they have vendors and you could they buy things there. Um, you know, like high spots is always there. I know at um, at um, the big event and stuff like that too, selling the, like DVDs or whatever. Like I don't know, just cool like little gimmicky shit, like like it, 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 things to see, you know. And there was just none of that here. Like it was just, I honestly like it looked like a half-assed thrown together fan fest. Like oh, just God. they could have probably done without it. Um, you know, I already paid to meet these guys, so I was like, whatever. He's still gonna beat them. You know, I'm like I'm one of those people too. Like when I'm buying a meet and greet, like. I need my picture to be good. I, I need, like, a standing picture. Oh, yeah, me too. To same way. I'm the same way also. Yeah. You know, I mean, you pay a lot of money, so you want it to come out good. Of course. Good. Of course. You know, so I didn't appreciate standing behind, you know, a plexiglass that, to be honest, made no sense. So, yeah, you had to wear the mask. And then once you get up there, like, for the picture, you're allowed to take it off. Oh. And the, none, none of the, the talents were wearing masks because they were behind the plexiglass. So, like, why would they need to wear the mask, right? But it's so stupid because you're standing there, right? Like, I'm standing in front of Sammy Guevara, and he's pretty tall. And, like, I don't know, I'm not the tallest person ever, but I was taller than the plexiglass. So the plexiglass literally was neck level to me. So basically, I'm talking this to Sammy Guevara amongst everybody else that I met face-to-face, and the glass is literally right underneath. So, like, what is the point of having plexiglass there? So, so um, this sounds pretty bad, but how, I guess... With the awkward plexiglass gimmick that, that pretty is pointless at this point. It's pretty much pointless from what you're explaining. I guess, how was the interactions with the talent? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, listen, I had I had some good interactions with them. I, I you know, it was, you know, made the most of it. Um, Sammy Sammy was, like, one of the ones I was looking forward to being the most because I watch his vlogs every week and stuff like right. that. So I just told him, you know, like, I appreciate the vlogs and things like that. I congratulated him on getting um, engaged and everything. So he was he was super cool. Like, like the interactions were good. Like I said, for, for the people that were, like, standing up, like him, uh, Eddie Kingston was standing up. Um, I met Christian and uh, Jurassic Express the next day, and they were, they were sitting down. Um, so that was a little bit harder to, like, talk oh. to them because, like, you know, I couldn't, I wasn't going to reach my head over the glass. So, um, yeah. Right. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not that big of a mark, you know. I'm not going to try and, uh, you know, do anything weird. But, um. Why was Jurassic Express, like, sitting down if Marco's already tiny as it is? I know, I know. Yeah, I, I, listen, they were all just sitting down, all three of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like I said, it's so, just like, I could have been done without it. I, I almost contemplated when I saw that they were sitting down and how stupid my picture would look and how I could probably barely say anything to them. I contemplated just walking out and just oh. saying, you know what, $70 down the drain. Wow, <laughs> I don't Brian, you sound so defeated when you're saying that to him. Like, I just want to go home. <laughs> Dude, I really, I really felt so, like, just I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And, like, oh. It was just... Like I said, it was a waste, but whatever. I, I, I paid for it. I right. did it, and right. it is what it is. Um, everybody was super cool, so, uh, you know, that's a positive. But, yeah, I mean, that's FanFest in a nutshell. Like I said, they, they really they had nothing else there, nothing to do. Uh, Tony Schiavone was actually doing some meet-and-greets, too, which was pretty cool. No, but, he's a great guy. <laughs> but, yeah, I wanted to meet him really bad, but um, they were selling, like, these comics or whatever. Like, you had to buy a comic. Yeah, uh, he did – Um, he did uh, – he always talks about it on his podcast. He did like kind of a, a comic for him about his life in wrestling or whatever. Um, uh, so they're always talking about it in, in Conrad's podcast and shit. 
Uh, about yeah, so you had to buy that in order to meet him. But I don't know. I wasn't interested in, in buying that. You know, just just take a picture with him. Like, right. I, I'll get him another time. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it. Like I said, some of the Q and A's were good. I, while I was waiting online, I was listening to Alice Black. Uh, not Black, excuse me. Um, which he was pretty cool to listen to. You know, he's talking about um, he, like what his character and his gimmick and and um, his inspirations behind his character and, mm-hmm. and things from Amsterdam and and uh, you know all the languages he speaks and stuff. Well, really, really fascinating dude. Let me tell you, like he is just seems like a super cool, interesting, fascinating he's a great person. Guy. So he's a great guy. yeah, great guy. You know, so that was entertaining at least while I was waiting on the line. But then they followed that up with um, Brandon Cutler, Leva Bates, um, Peter Avalon, Chuck Taylor, and Orange Cassidy playing this freaking board game, bro. They, they, they're sitting on the stage. Cole Cabana was there, too. They're playing this board game. And they're just doing their play. You know, they got microphones there, so they're commentating it. And they're, like, looking down the whole time. And, you know, you could see the board game on the screen. I don't even know what this game was called. But this had to be something that Brandon Cutler came up with. Okay? He was probably <laughs> in his freaking glory uh, during this time. You know, it's like some Dungeons and Dragons crap. Um, sorry for anybody out there that enjoys that type of stuff. I'm not burying you. I'm just saying this probably wasn't the best place and time to do something like this. It, they had these poor souls sitting there in seats watching this. And I'm looking at the crowd. Everybody's on their phones. People aren't paying attention. People are just waiting for the next stage show to, to go on. In it other words, so you're crazy. trying to say is that we need Conrad back. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, listen, I <laughs> had my fair share of problems with StarCast in the past. But, man, this made me really appreciate everything <laughs> Conrad and crew did. <laughs> and that says a lot. Um, it was like I said, it was just bad, bro. It was a bad, bad fan fest, and hopefully they learn from this in the future because you travel to these type of things. Fan fest is is one of the most exciting parts of the weekend, right? You know? And right. you want to meet these wrestlers, you want to interact, you want to you want to do all these fun, cool things and stuff like that. Um, it, it's just you want to enjoy it, and I just can't really say I really enjoyed myself because again. It was just—it was very disappointing. Not what I thought it was going to be. All right, so that was Fan Fest on Friday, and then you went to Rampage later on that night, correct? Yes, yeah. So after that, you know, we kind of chilled a little bit after Fan Fest. Um, we walked out over by there was a uh, this Woodhaven Mall over there in Schaumburg, which I oh, nice. I love uh, walking around there. It's 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 a really cool mall. You know, just walked around, I didn't buy anything, but you know, just. Um, we just kind of tried to kill some time, you know. Uh, then we hit up some uh, Giordano's uh, for deep dish pizza, which obviously is always. Was you know, that in Chicago or there. like or like near Hoffman Estates? Was it was more? It was oh, it was in Hoffman Estates. Oh, okay. Um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so like it was over by like uh, my friends live about twenty minutes outside of uh, from the Sears Center. Uh, it's it's the Now Arena now, uh, but where the event was Ugh, taking what place. What a terrible so, name, the Now. Arena. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, of um. Remember, remember a couple of like this is probably even longer than a couple of years ago. I'll say within like the last ten years or so. Remember, uh, there was like a radio station called Now. I think it was like ninety two point three over here, like yeah. in the area. Remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think of that. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's uh. It's a bad name. Yeah. I, I think now is like I. It's got to be something pharmaceutical. I think because they have a giant pill bottle on the outside of the um, like on the sign outside of the arena. And Tony should just like, invest I, into it and just call it like the elite arena or like the all out arena. I mean, really, they. I mean, if they plan on running this, and, and which I'm afraid they 
I probably won't um, for for All Out moving forward, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if they if, if if they plan on running this building for years to come, yeah, I mean, I would love for Tony Khan to uh, just open up the checkbook and just call it something like AEW related, you know, because they even have they have um, banners in this in the in the arena too that commemorate All Out. So there was a banner. Uh, I don't know why there's no All In banner, but well, there was Ring one of Honor All that. Out. Ring of Honor owns that. That's why. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That explains That's it. A, that explains uh, why we, we there's no All In. They, they had to switch it to All Out because Ring of Honor... Listen, Ring of Honor, and, and this is a completely different conversation, but I'll just touch on it now. Ring of Honor gets the biggest congratulations for All In. Not, pe- not because um, they didn't put a, a great show but, like, legit, that was a Ring of Honor show. So what they should have dubbed the show, Ring of Honor was smart because these the Young Bucks and Cody and, and these elite guys were contracted by Ring of Honor at the time, and they allowed them to do this show under, like, the elite banner, right? But it was all Ring of Honor production. It was Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor cameras. It was all Ring of Honor. What they should have done at the time is dubbed the show Ring of Honor and the elite present all in. That's what they should have done, and they just gave all credit to, you know, just the Bucks and Cody and them, which, don't get me wrong, I I love the fact that they got the credit for it, but it was Ring of Honor's production that did the show. Yeah, yeah, um, it's it's definitely, without Ring of Honor, I don't know if that show would have been... Uh, Listen, if it wasn't for Ring of Honor, we wouldn't have AEW, and and I know, right, like, right. Ring, of, Ring of Honor's in a, in a state right now that, you know, whatever, you know, we, we, we make fun of it and shit, but, like, Ring of Honor was kind of like the... I guess, like, the sperm donor of AEW. Pretty much. And, like I said, I'm grateful that they let the Bucks right. and Cody do this show, you know? Because mm-hmm. if not, again, we would have no AEW. So, yeah, I know we, we shit on them a lot. But, um, yeah, <laughs> no, when it comes to that, it's it's 100% true. Like I said, without them, that show would never have gone off the way it did. So, right. um, but, yeah, I mean, that explains it. I actually was not even thinking of that. Because I was just sitting to myself, like, you know, All In was probably one of the biggest events ever. In yep. this building. Like, yep. I don't understand why they don't have a banner for it. And there you go. There's the explanation for it. Um, but, the, you know, like, they had an all-out 2019 banner there uh, with the date on it, August 31st, 2019. And then they had one for this year, September 5th, 2021. So I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, wow. Like, I, I don't know what else goes on in this arena. I think there's, like, a uh, – I want to say, like, there's, like, some minor league basketball or hockey that goes on there. But I'm not 100% sure. Maybe college basketball? Uh, it could be something like that, yeah. I, I know they're they're. I, I saw like a logo for like uh, one of the teams, but I'm not sure. I mean, something's got to be going on there, right? Like when they don't have like other events, right? Um, I don't know, but I, you could tell that AEW is like one of the biggest events that comes. Of course, there there, there's a plaque. Like there's that. a plaque outside the arena. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's uh the All In plaque. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it's and that'll be there forever. You know, even when AEW, if AEW stops running. That's always going to be there. So that's yep. yeah, that's extremely cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we we get pizza, or whatever, and we head over to the arena after that, and um, so that they tape like a bunch of dark matches for AEW Dark uh, was for the show. So so Chicago is one hour behind um, us here yep. in the Eastern Time Zone. Mm-hmm. We got there. It was a seven o'clock start for like the, the dark tapings, and then Rampage was going on at nine o'clock okay. instead of ten o'clock. Um, so, basically, two hours of dark matches, which wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. The matches go <laughs> quick. They flow. Um, it's it's basically a bunch of squash matches. Uh, you know, maybe one or two here and there. You'll get a solid, like, 10-minute match, something like that. But other than that, everything's basically 
a five minute, even less than that squash, um, you know, for, for, for these talents. And I don't watch dark every week, so I really didn't know what to expect, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. Our seats were great though. We had, uh, floor level seats. Uh, it was, they were very reasonable. It was like $80 for, for the oh, floor. I um, love AEW for that. Cause you know, if it was WWE yeah. price, it'll be like 200 signed, 300 signed dollars. Oh, for WWE easily. Yeah. Like you have to pay probably way more than $200. It's like $500 sitting on the floor oh. for WWE shows. Mm -hmm. But this was $80. It was awesome. I was like, you know what? This is cool. Like for Rampage, uh, cause I don't love, I'll be honest. I don't love sitting on the floor. Okay, it's very, like, unless you're front row, you have people right. standing up all the time. You can't see anything that goes on outside the ring. So I don't love it. But I'm it normally, like, experience. sitting, like, in the, like, 100s or 200s section, depending on what arena it is. Because you can yeah. see everything. Right, right. That, that, that's that's my go-to all the time. It's, mm -hmm. like, lower-level seats, um, like, it just uh, centered with the ring. So you don't have, and even if you do have people standing up, you just stand up. But it's not as bad as, you know, when you're sitting on the floor. Right. Um. And, you know, again, you can't see anything that goes on outside the ring. It's just, like, it's it's sometimes, like, for a big show, like, I just, I'd be, I'd be really, like, annoyed. Mm -hmm. um, but for this, I really didn't care too much. It's Rampage. It was what it was. Uh, it was a cool experience sitting there. So I'm, I'm glad we did it. And uh, got some cool pictures. Got that CM Punk ice cream bar. How was uh, that? Which was, oh, it was well worth the uh, seven-year wait for that. It was it was super cool. Really? Uh, you know, just your, just your, your normal uh, chocolate-covered, um, ice cream bar with you know vanilla in the middle, which you know it, it was awesome. Well, and apparently, the, the this was... ice cream is from Chicago, though. Like this ice, there's like an actual like uh. Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, pretty cool is uh is the company. Okay, name. okay, okay. So I've never heard of it before, mm -hmm. but um, thank you for them. The ice cream is good, and thank you, uh, you know, for 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 selling it at the uh, arena because <laughs> you know I, that was one thing where. I was like, oh, man, like I should have went to the United Center for CM Punk's uh, return because I really would love to get an ice cream bar just for the rapper alone, just right. to, to save the rapper. So I actually got Redemption, and uh, they were on sale for like 8 bucks, and um, and so I bought one there. So I was happy about that. Yeah, and like I said, then they, they rattled through these dark matches. It was fun. Um, saw some some pretty pretty fun talent there. And then Rampage started, and I thought Rampage was a pretty decent show. You know, uh, I got to see Aleister Black. Oh, I keep calling him Aleister Black. Malachi, uh, Black. Malachi Black versus Lee Johnson. Uh, there was some women's handicap match with uh, Britt Baker and her squad. Uh, actually, I don't think she was in the match. It was uh, Jamie Hayter and Rebel versus Chris, Chris Statlander. Statlander. Yep. And then uh, the main event was Darby Allen and Daniel Garcia. Mm -hmm. We got CM Punk on commentary, which was very cool. Sitting next and to then, Jericho, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That I actually, was... I have not gone back to it. I just haven't had time to... to go back and watch that um how was he on commentary he was good man he was good um obviously rampage is uh not like dynamite where they kind of have to squeeze a lot of stuff in there but hey listen uh the little interaction jericho and punk uh had with each other kind of really uh, me as a fan especially we when we uh like read and heard all this like you know speculation like is there heat there isn't there heat there you know the little yeah. back and forth they had it, it kind of makes me makes me feel like you know, maybe they patched things up, or maybe there just wasn't no heat there whatsoever, and it was just all, like, stuff that just got blown up by the dirt sheets, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, the dirt sheets can say all these different things, right. and people will right. believe them. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, too, every pro wrestler at some point has had some, um, like, problem with CM Punk, I feel like. Yeah. And maybe, maybe they didn't agree with the way he left and the way he handled things and this and that. And, and maybe he, you know, 
like I said, people may have their opinions on him, like whatever. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's he, he's here now, and whatever problems that he has or anybody else has with him in the AEW locker room, I mean, it should really just be water under the bridge at this right, point, right? Right. Because it's just it's ridiculous. It's, it's it been really seven is. years, you know. Yeah. So like just. Just see, enough is enough. So, um, but that's really cool. I, I actually meant to go back to watch that because I did enjoy when CM Punk used to be in on commentary. Oh my back god, in the he day. was great. He was great. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I definitely got to go check that out. He did say um, a line when Jericho when he first came uh, to the to the booth and he sat there. Jericho did say something like, "Oh, I'm surprised you're not wearing your sports coat, Punk." And then Punk said, "Like, Punk said something down the lines like." Oh, this is a different version of me, Chris. Like he said something like that, which oh, I really? thought, which I thought was really, really funny. Oh, that is that is. Uh, that, I'm gonna go back and watch that. That's, that's yeah. cool. But yeah, man. So that was pretty much Rampage. Um, it was pretty cool. After the show, they gave us two bonus matches too. Um, they gave us uh, Big Swole versus Diamante three strikes match. I didn't even know these two were feuding. And, yeah, Tony Khan is another thing. He comes out <laughs> right before the main event. He goes, <laughs> oh. He goes, guys, don't leave. We have two great matches for you coming up. And then he announces Big Swall versus Diamante. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I, I started laughing. I'm like, this dude thinks that this is a quality match that people in the arena are actually going to give a shit about. Well, was the match good, though? It was It was decent, I guess. I was. I mean, I, I can't tell you that I was paying too much attention to it. Um, but, I mean, it was, you know, the three strikes concept was pretty unique. There was one by pinfall, one by submission, and one by knockout. So I like the concept that if they definitely made that an, um, an annual thing in AEW, like if like to settle like a feud. Um, so hold on, hold on. Explain cool. explain the three strikes concept. So you have to win. So it's kind of like a, a three stages of hell type match. Yeah, it's like a two out of three falls oh, okay. basically. But it, instead, you 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 have to one by submission, one by pin, and then one by knockout. I do, yo, you know what? That actually is like a, a really dope concept, especially the whole three strikes. Like if they use like instead of saying like two out of three falls, if they just say, "Oh, we're gonna have a three strikes match." I, that's a pretty cool concept, man. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was definitely that was the one thing I said to myself. I was like, "All right, well, the concept is really cool." If yeah. they had two other. Um, you know, women or two other, you know, male superstars, I'd probably be more into it. Right. And it's not taking away any, anything from Big Swole and Diamante. I just don't care enough about them. Right. And I don't really think a lot of people do, too. I mean, because what reason do we have to care about them? Like I said, this they must be feuding on Dark because I, and that, I don't and that's think a problem. anybody... And that's a more uh, <clears throat> and that's a more of an AEW problem than the actual oh, yeah. talent problem. Because, listen, yeah, I love no, AEW. I, I, I'm not yeah. blaming the talent. Right. We, we love AEW. We're big AEW uh Supporters, obviously, you could tell by our posts, and that's why we piss the peckerheads off, especially the WWE diehards. But, you know, AEW's not a perfect problem. They do have their issues, you know? Yeah, and, of course. And that's one of them. Like, you got to give us a reason to really invest in these talents, and it's kind of hard when your your talent roster, don't get me wrong, I'm happy that these talents are getting shine, and some of, the, some of these talents are signed to deals. Other talents are just, you know, hey, Come do a match for us on Dark. Obviously, they did the Universal Studio tapings this past weekend. Then we got to see a shit ton of talent that are not even signed performing there. And some talent that recently got released, which I think it's great. But <laughs> there's, you know, there's, you know, there's a double-edged sword there when you have a really deep talent roster and you're also trying to, like, figure out ways to give these talents spotlight. Right, right. It's, it, I mean, maybe they'll switch the format of it now, but it's just like, I feel like you shouldn't really do too many storylines on that show, too. I just feel like it should just be, like, um, the way for 
I guess people to climb the rankings, maybe. I mean, even though I think that's stupid too. You know, you, you see these people eleven and zero, and it's like, what? How is he eleven and zero? Oh, he must have racked up a couple of wins against some jobbers on dark. Like, it's just like I don't know. It's a dumb way to really go about it. All right, 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 right. But um, you know, it, it is what it is. That's how they do things. And um, you know, the match, like I said, whatever. It, it was what it was. And then the match afterwards was Jurassic Express against um, uh, Chaos Project. And, uh, you know, that was fun again. Not not a very long match. I would have rather after. seen Jurassic Express versus... Well, I mean, <clears throat> it's not like it was taped, but, like... Listen, I know Chaos Project. I know... Uh, what's the dude's name? Luther. I know that's Jericho's buddy. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm happy that, you know, Jericho got him a job, right? But at the same time, it's like... You know, to close out the show, I would have, like, probably even picked, like, someone from, like, Matt Hardy's crew instead right. of having Chaos Project or something, you know? Right, or maybe, yeah, like, or maybe even, it. like, three members of the Pinnacle, you know? Maybe you could have done that, too. Right, right. It, it, basically, they just gave us Jurassic Express, and that's what people were excited about, which is always great seeing. Right, so I was of happy course, with that. of course. Um, and then, you know, after the show, CM Punk comes back out or after after the match. And uh, he got in the ring and he cut a promo with the Jurassic Express. That's cool. Um, yeah, it was it was very cool to see him in there with Jungle Boy and um, and Luchasaurus and Marco. Yeah, and, Marco, uh, yeah. I think posted either a tweet or something on his Instagram saying like, "I uh, saw so I, I made a new friend." And it's a picture of him and Punk, and you could tell like Marco yeah. was like marking the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Well, shout out to Marco too because I actually uh, I tweeted. Uh, a couple of pictures of that of like him uh, and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with CM Punk in the ring, and I said, uh, you know, CM Punk direct Express closed out the show tonight, had a great time, whatever, blah blah blah. And then he quote tweeted the tweet because I tagged him and everybody else. Oh, he's a it. great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, Marco. He uh, he quote tweeted it and said, uh, you know, what a moment. So you could tell he was definitely marking out. I mean, someone like him who yeah. was like, I'm not gonna say he's lucky, but. He's he, fortunate. You know, he's fortunate. For, for his age and for his how much experience he has right. in the business, for him to be as big as he is mm-hmm. in the spots that he is, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. So, um, you know, I don't think he ever envisioned something like this. So, very cool uh, for him and, and Jungle Boy too, and even Luchasaurus. You know, to be in there with CM Punk, that's uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, and then they they end up closing out all out with with Daniel Bryan too, which obviously right. we'll get into. But it's like what a weekend for those guys, right. you know? Right. So speaking of Marco, you got to meet an interesting person, friend of the show, already from the rest friends. Um, you got to uh, you know, meet and talk to her finally, you know, because it's been like months in the making. How was that? Oh man, Iridian was awesome. Uh, so we we were talking, um, on Instagram, you know, like asking each other where we were sitting and all that type of stuff, and uh, just so happens that she got the same exact row as I did Holy for shit. Rampage. Holy so, like, shit. It, it's crazy. Like, yeah, you like you can't make it up. She was um she was a little further down though. So like when when she got to the show, like uh, like you saw each other, like I, I I waved to her or whatever, and like I guess we without saying it, we kind of just figured like yeah, we'll just talk after the show. Like we'll meet up after the show because it's kind of hard when the right. show is going on. You know, you, you, if you stand there, like the security's gonna tell you to go back to your seat and this and that stuff. So I figured after the show, I'll go over there and um. And yeah, once the show ended, we finally met each other, and it was awesome. She is so cool. So is Teddy. Um, had a good conversation, talked about the show and the rest of the weekend and everything, and just could not be uh, a better person. She was just awesome, awesome to be. Yeah, Iridian, uh, definitely. Uh, obviously, you guys sent me the picture. You sent me the picture, and I posted it uh, at Lucha Outsiders on Instagram. And Iridian was just ecstatic that, you know, that, that she finally got to meet you and talk to you and whatever. And, you know, this is the type of stuff that we love, you know, like meeting 
cool people in the wrestling community, especially yes, you know, fellow yeah. uh, podcast peers and. Obviously, you guys have stuff in common, you know, being involved in radio, which which is another right, uh, right. Uh, dope thing. So, um, you know, shout out to the Rush friends. I believe today's Iridian's birthday, so happy birthday, Iridian. I was Iridian. just going to say that. Yep. Yeah, shout out to Iridian. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, she, um, like I said, we, we, we plan to meet up at another point uh, in the weekend, too, uh, maybe at All Out or whatever. But, yeah, like I said, it's just so cool to meet. Right. These type of people, you know, like after like, you know, you know of them and you meet them through a similar interest in wrestling. Right. right. I mean, this happened to me so many times where I meet so many cool people through wrestling. Us. And just grateful us. for it. <laughs> us. Yeah, right. Us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I would have never, never known yet if it wasn't for that, um, that progress show that we both went to at right. one time, you know. So mm-hmm. it's just crazy. I love how, how it works out like that. And, and the thing is, it's all about meeting cool people, right? And people like, all right, I could fuck with this person because this person, you know, is not for the bullshit. He's not like one of these stupid trolls. He's not like a, uh, 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 like one of these fans that that you know, like will crap on something, but when something gets hot, they'll try to jump on the bandwagon. Like, because I stay away from people like that. And I know yeah. a lot of people. I don't know if you got to see this, but like, I know a lot of people. That hopped on this AEW train the second Punk returned, and then they went to Chicago all of a sudden to support AEW, and they never supported AEW before. You know, right, right, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Um, but yeah, like I said, that's just like the one of the the coolest things, like right. uh, in my opinion, of being a wrestling fan too. It's like, like so many of my friends. I mean, I can name so many people too. Um, even Brian from the Royal Ramble. Now I didn't meet him through wrestling per se right um i went to broadcasting school with him years ago but the reason why we clicked and we became good buddies is because we had the similar interest of wrestling right. so um just super cool and and, and you just like i said you, you'll love to see that so yeah. yeah super cool shout out to the rest friends they were great they were awesome um and i'm looking forward to going back down to chicago at some point to you yeah. know for hopefully another big weekend and you better be uh with me that time yeah and, yeah man you know, i need a uh you know, the Rush friends, did. they definitely did uh, reach out to me, um, and they said, like, you were missed, we wish you were here, and listen, I wish I could have been at All Out too, but due to, um, you know, some circumstances or whatever, it, it just wasn't possible, but I love Chicago, I definitely want to go back, and hopefully we'll, we'll go back together, and we won't have to go through, like, the whole airport situation. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, God, I don't think, uh, I hope that never happens again. All right, so talk to me about Saturday, bro, because, um... I you had another fan fest, but we already talked about the fan fest. But we're gonna pivot from AEW, and um, unless you want to add some stuff before, uh, you want to talk about what you did later on that night, Saturday night. Do you want to talk about what you did prior to that, or you just yeah, want to jump so, right into it? All right, all right. Well, um, so I, like I mentioned before, Saturday went to the Pro Wrestling T store, went yep. downtown, did a bunch of um, you know the gimmicky stuff, whatever. Got some food, and then uh, so my buddies were actually at the Black Label Pro show that day. I started at like two o'clock in the afternoon, and um, then after we were done with all that stuff, we took an Uber there because it was only me, my brother, and my my other buddy Ryan. Okay. Uh, we went to uh, we had to go to the arena to Uber there because they had their car there, and then you know because we couldn't get into my buddy's place without his keys or whatever without him. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going to the show, and we said, you know, all right, we'll just wait outside. Like it should be ending around five o'clock. We got there like around four thirty ish, whatever. It's like all right, we'll wait wait a half hour, and then uh, my brother. Uh, was like, hey, listen, like, I think we get, we can get into the venue. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, it's an indie show. Like, I don't think they're going to check. Like, the, the main event's probably happening. I said, all right, let's try it. We walked right into the arena, right past the security, didn't ask any questions, 
we got in right before the main event, and we got to watch Filthy Tom Lawler um, against Daniel Garcia in That's the main event. That's fucking and we didn't even buy great. To the show. That's fucking great. So, I so, mean, yeah. So, for those that don't know, it couldn't um, worked out any better. This was GCW weekend, obviously. All out big wrestling weekend, so a lot of these companies they you know they try to like piggyback on that. So what GCW decided to do, they ran kind of similar to what they've done with the Collector, except they called it the Second City Summit. So the Black yeah. Label Pro was on there, and I believe Freelance was the other company that was involved um, with uh, GCW this weekend. So obviously Black Label Pro, they were running a, a show, and you got to see a pretty cool main event. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, it worked out perfectly. I did not expect that. I uh, did not pay to, to go to the show. I, I just, you know, it was one of those things where it's kind of like, you know, you're on vacation, you're in Chicago, it's a beautiful day outside. Like, you just don't want to spend all day at a wrestling show, right? <laughs> like, I knew I was going to be going to GCW at night, so I did right. not need to go to Black Label Pro. Um, right. You know, I'm sure it was a great show and stuff like that. Um, the main event was really solid. I think uh, Filthy Tom won by submission. I think he's one of the champions or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, I don't really know much about it. I'll be honest. Um, I think um, but, if I'm not mistaken, because I saw I saw the the GCW Black Label Pro show the night before on Fight, which was a uh, three cup stuff, and Tom yes. Lawler defeated Alex Shelley for the I think it's the Black Label Pro Midwest Championship. I could be wrong, but I think that's the title that Tom Lawler holds. That sounds about right. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, I don't know. I'm not familiar. With you definitely know more than me, but that sounds uh, accurate. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was cool. And then, um, you know, we got some food and uh, went back to go, you know, get changed or whatever. And then we headed back to the arena, uh, the same place for GCW War Games. Oh. And now let me tell you, this was, when we get there, and this place is packed to the max. Bro. Well, they like, extended, they, they opened up parts of the venue, right? Because it wasn't yes. like the same place where like the rest of the shows were happening, correct? Yes, it was supposed to be in the same place that Black Label Pro was going to be. Um, so picture this, it was called the Grand Sports Arena. And this was basically, there was like, a, there was a hockey um, arena, like a hockey rink on one side. Mm -hmm. And then the, the side where, where the, the shows were, it was like, it was turf field. So it was like, I guess it was like soccer or something like that. Okay. It was an indoor soccer uh, facility. And, you know, they got a bunch of concession stuff. It's a pretty big place. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess, you know, a bunch of different sports go on in there. Okay. And, um, you know, so the, on, on one side where the GCW show was supposed to be, that's where Black Label Pro was. But while we were at the Black Label Pro show, we actually saw them setting up for war games, like setting up, like, the two rings and stuff, bringing the cage over, because they had to move it right. to the other side. And that's the one thing about these indie promotions, too, is, like, I don't think they fully scout these places until right. they get to the arena. Like, they don't really – they book these buildings, and they don't know what the layout is right. until they actually get there and see it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty obvious in this case. Um, but it worked out. You know, they, they, they moved it over there. They, they built it with the two rings and everything. And, and the place, like I said, was packed out to the max. We get there. No parking in the parking lot. It was a small little parking lot. Luckily, there was, um, you know, uh, across the street, there was a shopping center that everybody was parking in. But, you know, people are parking there and you got to walk to the to the venue. So it's it's like it's at eight o'clock on the dot at this point. Like we're, we're going to be a little late to the show. Right. We're like, whatever, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, got a little too wrapped up in dinner and stuff like that. So the longer that we thought and uh, we get there, we get on this massive line to get in. And the I don't know if it was a security guard, one of the guys that was working for GCW, whatever he goes. Guys, it's too crowded in there. We, we got to start turning some of you away. What? And we're like, and we're like, 
what? Like, we bought tickets. Like, we have seats. We don't <gasps> even have, like, GA or anything. Like, we oh bought tickets. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, you know what? If he's going to turn us away, just make sure I get my money back. Like, yeah, I'm pissed I can't go, but, like, <sighs> I'm more concerned about the, the money that I spent. Right, right, sure. right, I spent, like, $60 for a seat for this. I mean, that's... Right. Right. That's more, more than I've ever really spent for an independent show. I usually just get standing room only for like $30. Right. So I was like, we better make sure we get our money back. And then I don't really understand or know what happened after that, but I, I, a lot of people were like pissed off or whatever, but we still stayed on the line. And then all of a sudden, it started moving again, and we ended up getting in. So I don't really know. I don't think anybody did get turned away. I don't know why the guy said that. Um, but we all ended up getting in. This place was uh, just like... So packed and a zoo. standing. A zoo. It was a zoo in there. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it was. It was a madhouse. It was. It was just, and it was hot in there. Oh, you know? see, that was my uh, next question. What was the um? Yeah. What was the, the the temperature level in there? Oh, it was. It was hot, bro. Like I had to. I spent half the the that ladder match or whatever. Even though you you could see uh, while I was reading online, I could right. see the, the rings and the match itself. Right. But I I spent that a good majority of that match waiting online to buy a water bottle because it was just sweltering in there what, you know, was, it, of, was it was it on top progress, of like all people in there too was it progress in queen's bad because that was no not not that not to oh, that okay, okay, okay okay i don't think anything will ever beat that okay um, <laughs> okay <laughs> uh but it was it was still pretty bad okay but okay. yeah man they had they had some bleachers in there they had some foldable chairs we ended up sitting for a little bit but it's just like what i was going back to what i was talking about before it's like sitting it's almost like floor seats too like people stand up and like right. you can't see some of the spots and i'm just like all right, I, for the War Games match, I ended up standing for the whole time. Well, I mean, um, come on, it was War Games. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, I couldn't see any, you know, the entrance or whatever was mobbed with people, like, you know, standing there waiting for these for the guys to come out. Um, so I couldn't really see anybody who was coming out until they got to the ring. Right. Um, it was cool, though. We actually, uh, we were standing there, and then Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer were, were right over by us, too. So that was pretty cool. Did you guys um, mark yes. out? Did you guys talk so? Uh, no, well, because, so uh, we, the next day we did um, the Wrestling Observer Q&A. Oh, that's cool. Um, How was yeah, that? Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but it was also cool, too, because Marco was there. As well as um, Anthony Bowens from the Acclaimed, okay. and Dante Martin was there, and um, his brother Darius was there, and a Hook, Taz's son was there. Yeah, um, yeah. So then they were all standing like, like, uh, literally right by us watching this too. So that that was it was pretty cool. Um, the War Games match itself was just unfreaking believable. I, I mean, before but, but before we talk about War Games, I definitely want to talk, talk about this ladder match. Um, oh, right, I right, know, yeah. I know, because uh, it was a. I think it was dubbed um, the ladder. It was a ladder scramble, something fucked. Like it was some yeah, weird yeah. Um, name like that. And dude, um, watching this match, I was just like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Or whatever. And obviously, like the the, the two guys that really were spotlighted heavy was Ninja Mac and uh, my guy. Uh, What's his face? Dante. Uh, Don. What's his name? Dante. I can't think of his last name. Uh, Dante. Was that the one that took the bump? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I can't remember his name. I can picture his face, but like I said, you, you would probably know better than me. I'm sure it's on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Ninja but, Mac, dude, that dude's insane. Oh, I mean, dude, I I discovered him when we went to Atlantic City. I mean, right. He's just he's unbelievable. Like I said, the things he does, I just don't. That's like Will Osprey. Like I just don't understand how a human being is capable of doing the things that he does. It's 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 pretty incredible. Uh, that finishing spot where he did the um the power bomb. 
off uh, off of the top of the ladder. I mean, dude, I there were several ways where that could have gone terribly yes. wrong. Yes. And and it just it worked. Dante out. Leon. Dante Leon. That's his. That's a kid's okay. name. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. So shout outs to both of them for yeah. making that spot oh my work. God. And as, as as far as everybody else in that match too, like that milk crate spot too <sighs> was freaking nuts. I mean, I I couldn't. I'll be honest, couldn't really see that because. Uh, you know, from where my seats Shane, were. And Shane Mercer just fucking uh, press-slamming people outside of the ring. Yeah. This, this dude was on a ladder, and I forget who it was. He literally just, this dude just tossed the ladder outside the ring with a guy on it. <laughs> like, like just, like, freaking unbelievable <sighs> stuff, man. Like, and I knew this would, would be crazy. Right. Like, this, and it, it definitely lived up to that uh, that hype. It was nuts. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a fun match. And like I said, Ninja Mac and, and Dante Leon, those two, they remind me a lot of Alex Zane and Blake Christian before they got signed. And obviously Alex Zane is not signed anymore. But um, that, right. you know, the run they're both having reminds me a lot of Blake Christian and Alex Zane because they were like both like parallel to each other. So that's what yeah. they remind me of. But uh, let's get into this war games, dude, because um, I, I remember telling when this match got announced, I remember telling you, dude. If you go to All Out Weekend, you have to go to the GCW show. Like, oh, you have yeah. to. Because it, it's insane. It's like, you know, the culmination of this Ricky Shane Page, Nick Gage story with Team 440 versus Team MDK. But uh, take it away, bro, because you was there live. Uh, it, was, it was nuts, man. I mean, this it's so funny, too, because uh, so my, my boy Ryan uh, from, from Jersey, uh, he was one of the buddies that, um, that came along on this trip with us. And he never been to a GCW show before ever, and he'd never seen a death match before ever. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so funny watching his reaction to all the light tubes that were broken in this match, yeah. all the glass that was being just uh, like literally shattered everywhere, yeah. like into the crowd and stuff. Like he couldn't believe it. It was so funny because that's exactly how I was in Atlantic City too right. um, for my first time. But man, I mean, it's just it's as brutal as as it gets. I mean, I knew this would be so chaotic and hectic and yeah. bloody and. Just unbelievable. They had those two, um, I don't even know what you want to call them, uh, the things that, the thing that Ricky Shane Page got thrown off of. The scaffolds. Um, the scaffolds, yeah. Like, I, I knew, I knew there was going to be a crazy spot going off of that. Well, and, I, and, at uh, one point of the match, and I've never seen, I, I don't know how it was live, but visually, and I, and I did the post on it, when Alex Cologne and Atticus uh, were fighting on top of the scaffold, this yeah. guy hits like a spiral Spanish fly, which is something I've never seen before. I don't know how it came out live, but like visually watching it like on TV, I'm like, it's it's like he did like a mid course screw when he's like flipping them over. It was insane. Yeah, I'm sure they got better angles uh, on the actual broadcast, mm-hmm. but man, like this, like it was just nuts. I took a video of it. It was it was freaking. I said it was nuts, man. Like I I. Like I said, these guys you gotta respect the hell out of them yeah. for the thing they do, and then and for the spots that they pull off for for a promotion like GCW. And I'm not even saying that's a bad thing for GCW, but man, these guys aren't getting paid big bucks like WWE, no, AEW, no. Money, of course, you know, of course. I mean, to, to kill themselves like this, I mean, for it's I don't I don't even think they do it to get noticed. Like I don't think guys like like Alex Cologne or any of the like I don't think they ever aspire to go to AEW or WWE. I think they're just happy being in GCW. Mm-hmm. Now, now I could be wrong on that, but right. I, it just seems like GCW is their place. Like, it's kind of like Nick Gage. Like, GCW is his thing. Like, he doesn't aspire to be like a, like, I'm going to go to WrestleMania main event. Like, he's just happy doing death matches and things like that. If anything, um, that was at WrestleMania fucking War Games. Right, right. I mean, yeah, pretty much was. Um, 
And then, of course, they had that, that finishing spot uh, with Ricky Shane Page going off of, off the top of the scaffolding that into the dude. glass and Ugh. just getting annihilated by, by everybody from MDK. Oh, dude, I'm watching this, um, and I don't only imagine how it was live, but just watching this, I'm like, wow, bro, like... I just don't understand how people, even if you're not a fan of this genre of wrestling, just to say it's garbage wrestling or, like, they're not talented, like, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, I, I dare anyone that, that says that, do what they're fucking doing. Because that is an art form. You might not like it, but it is its own art form. And you have to yeah. respect these guys at least. Oh, yeah. I guess so I think we, we've talked about this at length in the past, too. Like, it's hard not to. And... You know, again, people can say what they want about the, the deathmatch type of stuff. But let me tell you, like, obviously this was a big enough show that it got a lot of people there for. And it obviously sold out uh, way, way more than, than than capacity, you know, right. old because they almost turned people away. Um, like I said, for guys like Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez to go to the show, too. I mean, especially after what Dave said about. Um, the fans and how right. they embarrass themselves. And, and, and now he's at the show. And now he's at the show. Yeah, now he's at the show. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like that's how you know. Like this right. is big. And, and and you know, again, like it's. I'm really. I was really happy for GCW too because I thought um, the Atlantic City show was was their biggest show, mm -hmm. and I think it was up until this. Right. This had to have exceeded it. This had to be their biggest show ever with the amount of people that were in that building. Uh, I definitely wanted to touch on one more thing. So obviously, Team MDK did one. Um, Nick, Nick Gage did pin um Ricky Shane Page. Um, uh, before we talk about the main event, uh, and what transpired there, which is another fucking insane moment or whatever, which we got a lot of traction for, and we'll get into it. So after this match, um, later on in the night, I think like maybe like an hour or two later, after like the show was over, or whatever, Ricky Shane Page did uh, send out a tweet saying that that was his last death match, and he, you know, he still loves the the R form of deathmatch wrestling. He appreciates all the fans of deathmatch wrestling, but he did say that was his last deathmatch. And um, I was actually talking to a buddy yesterday uh, of mine, and we were talking about, like, the fu future of Ricky Shane Page, and, and we talked about, like, hey, this guy's appearing a lot, like, on Dark and Dark Elevation on AEW. Um, do you think, like, this guy's going to get signed by AEW and he's going to, like, ride off into the sunset when it comes to GCW? Or do you think he'll still, like, kind of do what, like, Joey does? Like, maybe he won't do deathmatch wrestling anymore but maybe he'll bounce between if he does get indeed tied by AEW, do you think he'll do keep doing like the AEW stuff that he's doing now and then just kind of do like random matches for gcw what do you think ricky shane page is gonna do yeah i don't know it's interesting uh well first off massive respect for him you know hanging it up after you know basically you can't go out better than this so, right you know I, I, don't, I don't they didn't announce he's leaving gcw it's just his last deathmatch so mm -hmm. Um, it's, yeah, like I said, what a way to go out. Uh, massive respect to him. I remember, too, when uh, we went to the Progress show. Yeah, and he had a death match with Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, that insane spot um, off the top Ugh. that uh, it was that oh, it was a freaking, like, destroyer yeah, yeah. Um, through the table. It was just, it was insane. So, um, always respect the hell out of that dude. And, yeah, he's been appearing on Dark a lot. He actually appeared on Dark uh, when I was I was at the Rampage tapings, too. He was, he was in a tag team with somebody else. I uh, forget who they who he faced. Um, I think he faced members of the Pinnacle, um, Spears and somebody else. But um, nonetheless, yeah, he's been appearing a lot on there. And maybe he won't get signed. I don't know. Um, I think he could do something similar to, to what Joey Janela does. I don't really see why not right. if he's given the option to. Um, but ultimately, it's all up to him. But I think whatever the future holds for him, it's nothing but a, a bright future. Because I think he's very, very talented. And he could be a huge asset to something like AEW or even more so too. Like, you know, I hate to 
like it's just like it's hard with AEW because their right. roster is so deep now. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he'd be more of an asset to a company like Impact. You know, um, I don't know if they're if that's on his radar or whatever. Like you said, he's been doing a lot of AEW taping, so obviously Tony's familiar with him. Right. But um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the future. Um, but yeah, just massive, massive amounts of respect for that dude for for putting his body on the line for years in deathmatch style wrestling because that. Again, it's not easy. In a perfect world, right, in a perfect world, because I'm such a big fan of uh, Ricky Jane Page, he shows up with the whole 4 for all, like, let's say an impact, and they just cause havoc or something like that. That's, like, in a perfect world. But, you know, um, you talk about Ricky Shane uh, Page being, like, such an asset, which I totally agree, but I think a lot of people um, tend to forget, and it's not that they forget, but, you know, they look at a guy like Ricky Shane Page and they're like, okay, he's a deathmatch guy. But he's also like, he has a very great creative mind for the business too. And I've always said this too, whenever, if and when, and I'm not saying that this time is now, but if like RSP decides to hang it up, I think he would be a strong asset for any company when it comes to like a backstage role, when it either comes like in a creative aspect or even like a, like even being like an agent. Cause I think that's how good Ricky Shane Page is. Cause he gets it. He gets it. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, he, he's, like you said, he's not just a deathmatch guy. He's a good, solid professional wrestler as well. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that because they've only seen him right. wrestle a deathmatch style. So, yeah, I agree 100%. Like I said, um, either way, I think his future looks pretty bright. Um, and maybe he knows something that we don't know. Maybe that's why he did hang it up after, you know, and says right. he's not doing any more deathmatches. Because maybe Tony says, hi, guy, we're going to give you a contract, uh, you know, pretty soon or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, who right. knows? We don't know. But. It's going to be fun to see uh, what the future holds for him, for sure. I do. Let's talk about this main event, man, because um, it, it's funny. Because, like, so me watching it from home, I'm like, wow. Like, did they cut Matt Cardona? Because they kept on, like, uh, they, they announced it on, on, so, on the social media on, on Game Changer Wrestling. And they even announced it on top of the card. Like, hey, Matt Cardona is going to do this open challenge for the GCW World title. So then when War Games happened, I'm like, wow, they cut Matt Cardona. I wonder what happened here or whatever, right? And then uh, the commentary, uh, so Joey Janela was doing the commentary also with uh, KG, and I forget who else was on commentary for uh, the War Games and the whole show. So Joey hopped on commentary for the War Games match, and then uh, they announced, like, hey, don't go away, folks. Like, we still have one more uh, match, which is the Matt Cardona Open Challenge or whatever. And then Joey kind of teased it like it was going to be him. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, hey, we might get, like, a full match between Joey and Cardona. Um, right. But but take it away uh, from from your standpoint. Like after war games happens, like what's going through your head? All right. So yeah, I mean, I, I had a feeling something big had to go down, right? I mean, after that match wasn't the main event, and I said to myself too, how are they gonna how are they gonna clean all this up to get ready for a main event? Right. Well, well they did. <laughs> they left the cage. <laughs> they just left everything game. over there. <laughs> they left everything up. And you know, one of my friends said, you know, uh, he made a point too that like maybe they kept the the cage up to protect Cardona a little bit so people couldn't throw things in the ring. Well, no, that's a pretty good point, you know. And maybe, may, maybe, but um, I just feel like there was something else and a, a bigger reason why. And I know a lot of people were talking about Moxley, but I don't know. I just didn't see where he fit in here. Like I just didn't think the Cardona thing was going to end uh, this quickly. I didn't think, you know, I just I didn't know what was going to go down. I was like, are they really going to have Mox up here the night before a big AEW show? Like, I don't really, I don't really know if, 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 if they're going to do that. Well, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> uh, 
freaking uh, Cardona comes out, cuts a cuts a heel promo. He's just outstanding in this role. Can like, we talk about? Can we talk about his GCW Universal Championship spinner belt? Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's <laughs> a pure brilliance. I I, I I want him at this point. Like, okay, he dropped the title. He dropped the world. Obviously, he did drop the world title. But man. Like, let him go rogue and defend this GCW Universal Championship, like, as his outlaw championship. Like, let him defend it. Right, I know. Yeah, dude, I, I, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I would have loved to see more uh, from Cardona in this role because he, he was just absolutely freaking just killing it. Um, but, you know, he announces an open challenge. I'm thinking it's going to be somebody stupid, too, because the last time he had an open challenge, he faced a security guard or something like that. Yeah. And uh, out comes Frank the Clown. Oh, uh, God, yeah. you want to talk about it. I think he's more hated than Matt Cardona. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And that's one way to piss off the the crowd, which I thought it was it was very, very uh, genius. Brilliant. Genius. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's so funny, too. I think Brian Alvarez told this story, too, on, on the Wrestling Observer that I was listening to when he was talking about GCW. Um, he saw some people walk out of the venue uh, when Frank the Clown came out. And you could just tell they, they just they have no clue about any of this. I don't really know why, uh, but I thought they were going out to get something to eat too, but they literally, like, I watched them. Like, they walked out of the venue. Now, they could have come back, right. but, I mean, like, why would you leave at that point? You know, like, where are you going? Well, you listen, know, if I, they didn't so, come back, they get the biggest congratulations. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it's so funny, though, too, because, like, listening to The Observer, I was like, wow, I saw the same people, too. They got up and they were just leaving. Like, okay, like, goodbye, see you later. Uh, Cardona squashes Frank the Clown. And then this is when, you know, things start to heat up. you got these uh, druids coming out, similar to the guys that used to come out with The Undertaker. Yeah, G-Raver. Um, they, have, like, they have, like, black uh, cloaks on and things like that. And then there's one guy that has, like, this weird mask. Yeah, G-Raver, G-Raver. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And you think, like, you know, something's going to go on with him because he looks like he's, like, he looked like, you know, the guy that was going to yeah. do something yeah. there, right? And then Cardona starts fighting him off or whatever, and then so there's one guy in there right behind Cardona and it ends up being John Moxley, which <sighs> it just got a huge pop and reaction from the crowd. Yep. It was... It was unbelievable, and uh, gives him the the DDT, the Death Rider, the Dirty Deeds, the uh, Paradigm Ship, whatever the hell you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Pins him, and uh, man, new GCW champ. Holy oh. shit, man! It was just what a way to end an incredible uh, night for GCW. It was it was unreal, dude. I was losing my mind um, watching it at home, and I just couldn't believe it. And then out comes Nick Gage, and we get this face off, and then. Ultimately, it's announced John Moxley defending his GCW World Championship against Nick Gage in Atlantic City, and guess who's going? We are. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Cannot miss that. Oh my gosh, oh. that is going to be un- unbelievable, bro. I thought it was going to be in New York, um, and then it, it, they said Atlantic City, and I was like, all right, well, I'm there, man. I am there, <laughs> dude. What? What? What an insane. Uh, moment man um seeing moxley come out and so uh, kind of to rewind back a little bit with the druids and then g raver on tv it came out a little awkward because g raver goes in with the druids and just kind of stares off with cardona then points at him and then walks out i'm like couldn't you just do that like outside of the cage you didn't have to go in the cage for that but uh, ultimately what we got with moxley just surprising everyone and listen the second i saw the druids i'm like one of them has to be Moxley. One of them has to be Moxley. Like, I knew already. And, um, you know, shout-outs to you, dude, because um, 
you know, the footage you took, man, did we get some traction, not only on Twitter, but also Instagram, because what the fuck, bro? Like, the shots you took with, like, the War Games stuff, and then also, I mean, Moxley beating Cardona for that GCW World Championship, um, we got some traction from a lot of people, including um, BR Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I just, uh, similar to what we did in Atlantic City, I just, where I was standing, I kind of got closer and kind of inched up more more to the cage, more to the front uh, for this whole thing, and I got some great footage, yeah, and I, I posted it on Twitter. And it just freaking blew up, dude. I think I'm still getting notifications. Yeah, me, from dude, not even, yeah. and, you know, which, don't get me wrong, I, I want our Twitter to keep growing, but, you know, I guess a lot of these uh, accounts and a lot of these people, like, oh, they have an IG too, and my IG, like, to this day, is still, like, blowing up uh, on Lucha Outsiders. I say my IG, like, not my, not my personal IG. I'm talking about the Lucha yeah. Outsiders IG. Like, I remember that night when you were sending me some of the footage and then you were like, hey, my Twitter's blowing up. Like, I instantly just started getting all these notifications on Instagram. Now, don't get me wrong. I do get noti- I was getting notifications for, like, me, like, saying, like, hey, um, John Moxley just became the GCW World Champion. But I started getting notifications, like, just, you know, BR Wrestling tagged us also on Instagram. And it was, it yeah. was just a lot. It was just a lot of notifications. I'm like, wow, man. So, uh, you know, shout-outs to you for, you know, just putting in that work in Chicago, bro. Hell yeah, man. Hey, listen, any way it can help grow grow uh, Lucha Outsiders, it's, listen, it, it was awesome. So I'm glad we got more followers, and I got some, that's not anything nearly as much as you got on the Instagram, but a couple new followers here and there on Twitter, and um, yeah, it was just really cool that a bunch of other media outlets picked it up, and mm-hmm. I saw a bunch of journalists, too. I know Alex McCarthy, uh, I think he's from the UK, I don't know if you're familiar with him, he's one yeah. of uh, yeah, yeah. the I think that I follow. It, yeah, isn't he with Wrestle Talk or something like that? Or uh, oh. I believe so. Yeah, I'm not yeah. totally familiar, but yeah. I, I do like his coverage and mm-hmm. his tweets and stuff like that. So, um, and he he tweeted it out too, and he uh, even po- posted like credits of Lucha Outsiders yeah. on there too, which was uh, really really cool. So yeah, yeah, I mean that was on top of a great night of GCW action. We got that great uh, news for for the Lucha Outsiders brand too. So really really cool yeah, stuff. Man. And like I said, it was one hell of a night, one hell of a show, and I. I like I said, it was couldn't even believe we had all out the next day too because that GCW show I could have flew home after that and would have been happy. So, um, just to finish up with the with the GCW stuff, so um, I think we were both kind of shocked, like man, Matt Cardona like dropping the title so quickly, in, um, you know, to Moxley, which I, I don't hate. Like I'm not hating on that. I'm happy Moxley's the new GCW world champion. But then, um, just kind of um going back to his talk as Jericho episode, and I meaning and meaning Matt Cardona. You know, he has a busy schedule, so it seems like, to me, the reason why they decided to, like, hey, let's take the title off of him, maybe necessarily business ain't done with Matt Cardona, because I think he's going to be at one of the New York shows at the Melrose Ballroom, but I think yeah. it's more of a of a scheduling conflict. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't really know how, to be honest with you. I know he does the, the podcasting and stuff like that, and I know it is Impact, but... Uh, with the way Impact tapes their shows, I don't really know what else he, he said. Does. He does he does a lot of indies and he does like a lot of like live podcasting and he's always like traveling, doing like these conventions and stuff. So that's what he said. Like on Talk of Jericho. No, oh, hey, I mean, hey, you know what? Whatever. Then I mean, he's he's got to do what he's got to do. He's got to enjoy himself, and he's put in uh, a great run at GCW. He had a great match with with Nick Gage. He didn't have to do any of this stuff. So the fact that he did and he grew the the brand and and the company a little bit more. And, right. And sold a bunch of tickets, uh, you know, and, and like you said, he's advertised for New York, so he's not totally done with them yet, uh, which is really cool. 
And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what, what the future holds for Matt Cardona in GCW. But I mean, if, how can anybody not be massively hyped for Moxley versus Gage? I mean, that's a, a match we've been waiting for. That's a match we've wanted for a while now. And um, man, it's, that's, that's going to be more brutal, I feel like, than the Cardona and Gage match, if that's even possible. I think Gage and Mox could make our list of matches of 2021. Yeah, I believe so too. I mean, I know we both know what they're capable of. So right. yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting, man. I, I can't wait to be there. Yeah, me too, man. All right, let's uh let's get into Sunday All Out. Um, before we cover All Out, anything you want to mention? Um, before we start talking about the card and just like the live aspect of it, and obviously me watching it on TV. Anything prior to that that you want to uh, talk about? Yeah, well, so we the Sunday morning we did uh so the the way we got tickets to uh to All Out. My buddy Ryan knows, um, well, he, he's like friendly with Brian Alvarez's uh, brother-in-law, I believe it is. Uh, this guy, Tony, he does some stuff for the Observer. Okay. I'm not really f- too familiar with it, but um, he's had him uh, his like his contact for a while now because he's been doing like, you know, double or nothing and all out. This is pre-pandemic. Um, it's like you buy the Observer package. You get the, you get a Q&A with, with Dave and Brian. You get a meet and greet and you get a ticket to, to all out. Oh, that's, that's cool. Like, it's like it's like two hundred something dollars or whatever, but you know it's worth it. Worth that's the not bad at all. Uh, yeah, it's it's really not, and it's you don't have to go through the headache of StubHub and things like that, and trying to get tickets when they go on sale and things like that. Um, so that's what we did here. He just emailed the guy Tony, and he's like, "I got a group of, I believe it was six of us, and um, and yeah, the guy hooked it up, and that we actually got our ticket ticket stub at that event there. Um, how was, so that was how cool. was that? It was good. It was uh, it was in this hotel. I forget the name of it, of the hotel, um, but it was in one of the conference rooms or whatever. Small little room. They didn't really sell too many tickets for this. It's only a limited number. Um, and then, you know, they did the meet and greet first, and it was cool to meet Brian and Dave. I, I know that uh, Dave is controversial. I know, you know, we've talked about Meltzer right. on the show, too, about how you feel about him and how everybody feels and about listen, him. And listen, my, in my opinion, Meltzer, I'm not saying he's a bad dude. I'm not no, saying I that get at it. all. I know. I just, you know, at times I just feel like sometimes he, you know, he, uh, not when it comes to like reporting like actual news, but sometimes I feel like he'll like make an opinion that he has, like it's like fact or news and it's like, nah, dude, you know that you're wrong. It's just an opinion that you're having, but whatever. That's like, that's another, uh, conversation for another day. But, but how was the meeting green and how was like the whole little event that, that you went to? Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I mean, they're, they're both really cool, genuine, down-to-earth guys. Got, got a picture with them. And then, um, you know, the meet and greets, uh, not the meet and greet, the Q&A started. And basically, if you have a question, you just go on to the side. And, um, you know, you had uh, Garrett Gonzalez there. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Um, he's part of the Observer crew. Mm-hmm. He was there with, uh, with the microphone, and, and he would hand it off to people with questions. Um, and yeah, it's just cool to listen to, uh, to Dave and Brian talk in person. It was basically like a live edition of like a wrestling observer That's radio. Cool. Did you ask a uh, question? So I did not ask a question. No, I did not. I didn't really have anything, um, to ask. And I was just like, I was just going to enjoy it to sit there and listen uh, to, you know. So my next question is what kind of people were there? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So some of these people asked me dumbest questions. Uh, this one this one guy went up there and he asked Dave how he could how he can watch All In. Oh, I God. swear to God, I swear. He's like, "How do I watch All In?" Um, Did it, people it, laugh at him? Because like, I would oh, laugh. Yeah, people, oh yeah, people were laughing. Yeah, people, it, it, the, the whole crowd broke into a, to a laughter. 
And uh, Dave's <sighs> like, well, you know, and, you know, of course, Dave goes into this whole big thing. Well, Ring, Ring of Honor owns it, and this and that. You could probably get it on Double Ball, this and that. And, um, you know, it's so funny, too. And, and the one the one thing that popped me and everybody else in the room, too, is like, you know how, how if you ever listen to those two, it's like every time Brian talks, Dave always interrupts him and talks <laughs> over him. Yeah. Well, freaking Brian was talking, and Dave, you can tell, he's like, he's like trying to, like, talk over him so badly, and Brian just goes, well, hold on, let, let, let me finish my thought for a second. The whole place popped, bro. They, I guess everybody just knows that about him. <laughs> Dude, that was one of the funniest freaking things ever. I, 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 I'm a big, I'm a big Brian Alvarez guy. Like, I, well, I he's do have, so funny. well, I do have my, like, my little opinions, and I won't even say issues. I do have my opinions about Melter, and I'm not saying I don't like Melter, but I'm a big Brian Alvarez guy. I just, I just love his little snarky, witty, like remarks, and when he goes on like, these rants, I fucking love Brian Alvarez. Oh yeah, I, I told him that too when I met him at the meet and greet. I said, "Bro, your rants and your Twitter, your tweets." Yeah. I said, "They kill me, dude. Like, like you, you are just hilarious." And he started laughing. Um, he's a man. He's a man. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really really cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was like an hour and uh, a little over an hour with the, with the Q and A, and you know, we got our tickets, and then we went out for some lunch, and then by that point, we just got back to to my my boy's place. And um, got ready, and then we headed to the arena because we had to get there early because we wanted to be one of the first people in line to get merchandise. Of course, uh, of course, got, the merch. Yeah, obviously, you know that, and everybody else yeah. knows that, too. It's very, very important, especially with <laughs> the debacle of Pro Wrestling Tees. <laughs> right. And, uh, Ryan's a big fans. merch guy. Big <laughs> merch guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, if you're a wrestling fan, you're just, it, just, it comes with it. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right, so... You're at the venue, or whatever. You get your seats, or whatever. Uh, wh- where were you guys sitting at? I, I know um, the the videos you posted, especially with during that Lucha and uh, Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks match. I was like, man, look at these shots. But what what section were you guys sitting at at the at the oh god the now arena? Such a terrible now. Yeah, we, we got uh we had section one seventeen. Oh uh, nice, nice, was, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, that's another thing too with the package. They always hook you up with a with a nice uh middle uh, center section, center with the Great ring seats, and, and the stage. Yeah, Great like it's seats. totally worth it. It's totally worth it for the package. So yeah, I mean there were there were unbelievable seats and uh the show. I mean, gosh, I mean we all we all watch the show. <sighs> we all know we've seen the hype surrounding it. It just, oh my god, one of the best shows I've probably ever been to. I don't, I hesitated by saying, like, it's the best show I've ever been to, because that's tough, because I've been to right. so many great right. shows, Right. Like, to coin one is, like, the ultimate best one, it's really tough. But, but it's I easily say, top five for you, because, like... Oh, I, I would say it's top three, easily. Could, I mean, it's it's easily up there with... And the other two that are rivaling it, uh, it that came to my mind was the first ever NXT Brooklyn show, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, the first mm-hmm, one they've ever done, mm-hmm. and uh, NXT Takeover New York. The, yeah. it, those those two are yeah. are yeah. also up in that conversation. It, it, those would probably be my three that I've ever been to. So, um, so watching it, so watching it on TV, let me tell you something. All Out as a whole had the energy. You could feel the energy from the crowd coming through the the TV and everyone I spoke to that wasn't there live and watched on TV said the same thing. You legit felt the energy from the crowd. It felt WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom-esque. And I granted, I know All Out is supposed to be like their WrestleMania or like their big show. Like, I get that. But you felt that energy um, in a lot, you know, throughout obviously throughout the whole night, but especially like their specific parts and, and, and matches and sequences and entrances throughout the night you felt that energy and um you know for me and, and I feel like you won't even disagree with me as of right now 
All Out is the best show of 2021. There's no argument. Oh yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's it's an easy. It's not even a debate. I don't even want to say it's a debate. I mean, coming into it, I felt like Double or Nothing was right. And and it, you know what? Double or Nothing's probably too. You know, Double or Nothing's probably too. But like as of right now, and I know the year isn't over yet, and right. I know the you know the WWE diehards of blowtorches are probably gonna get pissed off when we say this uh, when they listen to the show. But as of right now. There's nothing touching All Out. Not even Wrestle Kingdom. All Out right now oh, no, no, no. is the it, best it, show of 2021. Oh, yeah. For, for sure. And it, 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 people are saying it's the best show in the last 20 years. Yeah, I, you uh, know what? And you can make that yeah. argument. And you know what? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. hard to debate. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Of course it has. Yeah. Uh, but you could definitely make that debate. I mean, it was just like you said. Every match delivered. Every single match delivered like in, in some way. Uh, even matches that I wasn't really too crazy about. Uh, like Moxley versus Kojima. Like that, that, that match delivered. That match yeah. delivered too. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, just like I said, everything from Miro and Eddie Kingston was right. awesome. Uh, Britt Baker, Chris Statlander put on a great oh, match. Oh my that, uh, that that listen, um, you know, we we had an incredible uh, women's match earlier this year um, with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, obviously, and then uh, the two mat the two women's matches at Double or Nothing. Uh, with Hukaru Sheen and Britt Baker was amazing. Also, Rio and um, my girl, um, the, the former NWE Women's Champion. I forget her name right now. Uh, Serena Deep. Serena Deep. That match was great at the pre-show, too. So, you know, AEW has had their fair of share of great women's matches. But this one at All Out definitely, like, I think over-exceeded everyone's expectations. And not saying that the match was, was people were expecting it to be bad. But I think people didn't expect it to be that great. No, yeah, right, right. Uh, it, the, the finishing sequence of Brick doing the Panama Sunrise oh. into, uh, into the curb stomp and then into Lockjaw, I thought that was perfect. Yes. Man. I mean, that was so... And then, and then too, that Chris Statlander kicks out of those two. She kicks out of the curb stomp. She kicks out of uh, the Panama Sunrise. It right. makes her look strong. And that's something, too, that WWE just does not do. It's right. like, even in defeat, you know, she still looked... She looked good because she... she put up a fight and she kicked out of those two moves and then ultimately fell to the lockjaw, which is what everybody falls to when they face Britt Baker. Like that's the way to make right. a talent strong, even in defeat. So I thought that was perfect. And um, also orange Cassidy fucking like breaking character outside yes. and losing his mind. And I yes. don't know how it was being there live, but like at least watching it on TV um, for me, I'm glad that there was dueling chance for both Britt and Chris Statlander. It wasn't, like, I, I don't know how it was live, but at least on TV, I, I you know, Britt Baker's so over. I'm like, man, I hope Chris doesn't get, like, booed. But no, right. it was like, it was like dueling chance, which I really, really was happy for Chris. Because, I you know, I refuse, for, especially, like, a talent like Chris Stanlander, I refuse for people to be, like, boo. Like, you know, like, I think, no. like, Red Velvet's another case. Like, I think she should turn heel because she has a ton of heat on her. But, like, someone like Chris Statlander, I'm happy that, you know, she got cheered, too, just as much as Britt did. Yeah, no, totally. I, I definitely agree with that, too. I, I was, you know, a similar thing, too. Um, well, I guess we'll get into it now. The Darby Allen CM Punk match. Yeah. Uh, I, this similar thing there. People were still chanting for Darby, which I was really happy about, too, because you just don't want to see the crowd turn right. on a guy like Darby Allen right. just for CM Punk, just because CM Punk's back. Uh, if it was WWE, crowd might have done that, but I feel like AEW crowds respect uh, these talents more so. Uh, it's just a different fan base, and it was a similar situation in that match. It was dueling uh, let's go Punk, let's go Darby Chance. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, the match itself, I thought was was good. I thought the uh, match was good, too. 
I you could listen. I for by by all means, because I know some people were down on it. It's like, what were you expecting? This guy hasn't wrestled a match in seven years. Right. You could still you could still tell that he has it. It's just he needs to get more reps in to get like that ring rust off. By all means, I don't think Punk is washed, and I don't think he's soft. I don't think none of that because they told a great story in the match. But does yeah, he have right. a little bit of ring rust? Absolutely. But well, that's to be expected. Like, again, right. like what, what it's been is, what seven fucking expect? years. <laughs> And, and not even just mention that the guy's getting older too. He's right. almost, I think he's like forty four. He's like almost fifty. Mm-hmm. Like, see, he's not. He's not. He's not young in his prime. CM Punk, and that was one of the things too. What he said when people kept hounding him about coming back to the ring, he said, "I don't even know if I could go with these guys anymore, like the Kenny Omegas or or the Will Ospreys. You know, like I don't know if I could keep up. And who knows if he can? I mean, I hope after you know getting these you know reps in, because if you remember when Christian came back, Christian's first match back against, I think it was Frankie Kazarian that he yep. had his first yep. match against. He was blown up, bro. He was he was blown up in that. And match. you know what? Even blown up, he still looked good. No, I know, but my, my, the point being was that. He was blown up, and now you look at him. Now, now look what he's doing with Kenny Omega. Yes. He doesn't get blown up anymore. Right? Like he, he looks like he he looks like old Christian Cage. Yeah. Again. So yeah. I'm hoping the same thing happens with Punk, where he gets blown up here. But the more and more and more and more matches he gets under his belt, he you know he'll get accustomed to it, and his cardio and and, and everything will get better again, and he won't get blown up in these matches anymore. But I, I even thought, despite that. In the beginning, like you said, you could tell he was a little tired. Mm-hmm. He settled in nicely, yeah. and I thought the match was—it was the perfect match back yeah. for him. I really thought the finish was great. The way that the quick reversal into the into the GTS yeah. thought was perfect. I, I honestly don't think if you're CM Punk, you could have had a better. Um, I mean, you know, there's no way it was going to be like this five star classic right. match. So I don't think you could have a better um, comeback match. If and, you're CM and, Punk. and credit to Darby too, because Darby slowed down for Punk. Also, which because Darby kind of moves like this when he's in his matches. No matter what kind of match he's doing, he's always moving, 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 moving. He slowed down for Punk, which also tells what kind of performer Darby is. Um, two things about this, uh, and it's not really the match; it's more about CM Punk here. One, how was taken in that entrance um, for uh, before his match? You know, being there live, and also, how do you feel about the tights? <laughs> Yeah, I know that was a big debate. Uh-huh. Um, I, I like I like him. It's something different. Yes, yeah. uh, it didn't surprise me uh, that he went something different. I mm-hmm. thought it was fine. I, I don't know why some people do debate this type of stuff. You know, like wrestling fans, like they debate debate this stupid stuff. Um, I thought he looked good. The entrance was so energetic. The first, it's clobbering time mm-hmm. was just awesome. Uh, yeah, man, it, it was it was hype, dude. It, it was very hype. I love too when um, he gets in the ring and Darby's in the corner just sitting. Um, you know, Indian style. Ugh, such a dope CM moment. Punk gets down to do the same thing. I thought it was just perfect, man. It um, was just awesome. I can't wait till we finally get like that Indian sit down face off between Punk and uh, Malachi Black. I think that's gonna be oh that's gonna yeah. be like a picture worth like that you know a ten twenty thousand words. Um, yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, I you know I I at first when I saw him I'm like oh wow Punk's going with the long longer tights here and I'm like okay mm-hmm. um that's different. But then when he took off his, uh, I believe he was wearing a hoodie. When he took off his hoodie, yeah. and you saw like physically how he looked, I'm like, you know what? This kind of makes sense. And I'm and I don't mean that as a bad thing. I mean that as a good thing because one, he looks healthier and he kind of looks bulkier compared to how he was in WWE. In my opinion, I could be wrong here, but um, physically he looks he looks impressive. Um, I, I think he looks he looks in really really good shape for a guy his age. Um, so I don't really mind the long tights. Um. 
do I miss um the tights he had before, especially when he was in WWE? Because he would like he would like mess around with the crowd too, depending if he was like heel or face. Like sometimes he'll wear like tights that like would pay homage to the guys like either like Macho Man or Bret Hart. Or like let's say if he was in Boston and he was a heel, he would wear tights that had like Yankees type uh like uh like uh essence to his tights. So I kind of miss that. Um, but who knows? Maybe he'll do the same thing with uh these longer uh tights that he he's wearing now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, I mean he could like like I said, it's only his first match back. Maybe right. he switches it up every time. I don't know. I mean, it's just like. Like I said, people freak out about the dumbest things, and this is one of them that they freak out about. Like I said, like I, I mean, I noticed the tights, but it's not like during the match that was like the last thing I was worried about. Right, right. Or even thinking about. Not even worried. But I wasn't even thinking about it, you know. So, like I said, I thought the match was good, um, but it's so funny too because quickly, and obviously we'll get to you know what happened after that. Right. But it felt like this got like. Uh, like forgotten about it did know? it really did because the show was so good and we i actually want to so we're jumping around here we're not going to do things in order here i don't think we're even going to talk about every match because let's be honest here who's, who's, who's really gonna who's really gonna fucking talk about qt marshall and fucking paul white like we're not gonna fucking not talk me. about that <laughs> but um it, it, cm punk and darmy while i did enjoy the match was it a five-star classic absolutely not yes cm punk has some ring rust but by all means i i he has not like missed a step like he still told a great story and has still great psychology um in the match and i think like once he gets some more reps in, he's gonna get through all that but just based on everything we got in the show even in in some of the beginning parts of the show the punk and darby kind of felt like like somewhere like in fifth or sixth when it comes to like the list of shit that happened in the show like like when like when the show was all said and done afterwards, it's like everybody else was talking about you know obviously Brian Danielson and Adam Cole. It's like you, you kind of forgot Sam Punk right. was on the card too, and, and like nobody was talking about that. So I mean, it, it's to be expected, right. you know, when you have two big debuts like that. I mean, even if you had one, even if you just had Brian, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, people were still gonna be talking about that over the Sam right. Punk match. But right. and also too the fact that it was like so low in the card too. Right. It's like you know I, it was before Jericho and MJF too, right. like. So, you know, it was bound to happen, but um, like I said, nonetheless, it was a great match for him. Right. Let's talk about that Steel Cage match, too, since oh, we're jumping around all oh, over the okay. place, because we've got to mention what was, I think, uh, high on the list of match of the year. Bro, dude, when we do this list, and, and this year's going to be different, because we're going to break down the Luchis in, in two episodes, right? Because um, we're not going to do, like, a four-hour show. And even though we could, technically, physically, we could do a four-hour show, but it's just, like, Hey, that's just yeah. too much. We're not gonna fucking do this. We're gonna break okay. it. We're gonna break it down to two parts. Cause listen, if, if listen, if me and Ryan could just have like the hit the record button, we could probably talk about wrestling for like hours. And I'm talking about like hours and hours and hours. Just break it down everything. Fucking setting shop. You know, booking the territory. Like we could do all that, but it, it's just yeah. too much. So we're gonna break this year when we do the Lucha. We're gonna break it down to two parts. But um, this match, man, Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks. Obviously, we knew what we were gonna get. Because these two teams have such great chemistry with each other. They're like the Batman and Joker when it comes to like when it comes to each other, right? I want to start off, when it comes to this match, I want to start off with the Lucha Brothers entrance. Because oh when you God, yeah. talk about the feels, like you legit... And, and I think out of everything that happened that night, and I know the Adam Cole and Brian Danielson debuts were big. Don't get me wrong. But when it came to the Lucha Brothers entrance, entrance alone dude you felt the crowd 
coming through the TV. You felt it. You felt yeah. that shit. And, you know, the performance was fucking great. And, you know, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon coming out. And, and like I did in the post, you know, Pentagon has, like, this such this different level of swag when he comes out, bro. And, and you know, I'm a big Pentagon guy. I'm a big Lucha Brothers guy, but specifically Pentagon. I mean, you are Pentagon. Oh, yeah, I am Pentagon. <laughs> but, um... Dude, uh, this entrance was fucking amazing. The match was just fucking incredible. Everything, the spot, the story they were telling, um, the blood that was shattered, the super kicks, uh, a Pentagon sacrificing himself for Ray Phoenix, um, the the fucking um, pins in um, the sneaker on Matt Jackson. Uh, uh, dude, this this match was incredible. And you know what? This might have been one of the greatest cage matches i ever seen because to be honest with you yeah. and and this is because of wwe's fault you know wwe has watered down the cage match you know and i'm and, yeah. I, and oh, i'm exclu- yeah. and i'm excluding war games from this like war games is its own separate entity right and hell in a cell is its own separate entity i'm talking about specifically just cage matches alone wwe kind of has made the cage match meaningless right um and, and i know some people ain't gonna like that but it's the truth it's the god honest truth WWE has watered down the cage match where it practically means nothing, right? AEW, this is the second time we've gotten a cage match. And, man, what we got at All Out, this is probably one of the greatest cage matches I've ever seen. And I am so happy for the Lucha Brothers and that ending sequence, Ray Phoenix just launching himself from the top of that cage. And listen, the cages in AEW are way bigger than the cages from WWE. Him launching himself and just landing on everyone. And, dude, I'm just so happy for the for for the lucha brothers getting this moment and don't get me wrong they've won tag titles all over the place right you know they're the current um triple a uh tag champs in triple a they're they've been impact world cha- world tag team champions they they've also been uh mlw world tag team champions and don't get me wrong i'm not saying those championship wins didn't mean anything to them because i'm sure it did but this one hit different just because of where AEW stands right now as a company and the impact they're making in wrestling culture. And that's something I, I want to... Obviously, we're not going to talk about it in this episode, but I want to talk about wrestling culture because WWE is not cutting it anymore. I'm sorry. They're not making an impact yeah. in wrestling culture the way AEW is doing it. And this, for me... Like, I was in my fields watching this moment. Like, I was like, wow. Like, it made me... I'm not Mexican, right? But it made me proud being a Latino watching this moment, this crowning achievement moment for the Lucha Brothers. And clearly, you saw them in, in their faces. Even Alex was fucking happy. Um, he, he took in the fields or whatever. And then just seeing that moment uh, where Pentagon's just hugging his kids and his kids are crying because they were scared for his father or whatever. And then just, just celebrating. It just felt like me... I felt proud being a Latino, um, but you know enough about me watching it on TV. Just tell me your live experience about this match and just everything that we saw here. Yeah, um, yeah the entrance from the entrances alone to to the actual match. Like you said, I thought it was pure perfection. Um, you know, the, like you said, the greatest cage match ever. I mean, yeah, it could be. I mean, name a name a better one. I I, I don't know. It, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of one, one either. <laughs> If there was a better one, I wouldn't have to think long and hard about it, you know, right. because it would just come to me. Like, you know, like if you say what's like the greatest ladder match or whatever, like you could, you could probably say that off the top of your head. What's the greatest ladder match you've ever seen? Because there's been so many great ones. Right. When it comes to cage matches, that's a different story, though. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, this like the spots in this match, the, the story that they told, the psychology, the chemistry that these guys have is off the charts. Yep. Uh, I mean, we, we, we knew that. Mm-hmm. 
But man, this just further solidified that. I mean, the, these guys are just unfreaking believable, man. Um, you knew there was going to be a crazy spot off the top of the cage, yep. and obviously it was courtesy of Ray Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I am a bigger Ray Phoenix guy than Pentagon. Uh, I know Pentagon's always been the um, more popular one of the two. He but has, man, you know what Phoenix it is about? Has, Pentagon has more of a swag, but Ray Phoenix, he does. Yeah. You can make Ray Phoenix like you could, like if. Whenever they decide to go like full singles run or whatever, because you know the Lucha Brothers are they're, they're you know top one two tag teams in the world, but whenever they go to singles run, you can make the argument that Ray Phoenix is like top five all time wrestlers currently right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I, mean, I I would I would put him in that category as one of the best wrestlers ever in the world right now, yep. and I don't know how anybody could deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's just tremendous. So you knew he was going to do that spot, and I just thought the finish was great. The moment after celebrating with the kids, just awesome, great. Uh, just an incredible moment, man. Like, I'm happy that they pulled the trigger on this because I wasn't so sure the Bucks were going to drop the belts. Mm-hmm. Me either, uh, but I'm me happy, either. I'm happy that they did because I think, you know, they needed to at this point. I mean, these two have had so many classic matches over the yep. years. Um, I just feel like the Young Bucks needed to put them over in a big, massive way here. And I know they went over in um, in that ladder match for the AAA titles, but, like, I don't know. That was for the AAA titles. Right. Like, I just feel like they needed to put them over in a big way for the AEW uh, tag team titles. So, and I'm glad they did. And you know what? And I and also said this in, in the post that I did for specifically talking about this match. You know, much respect to all parties involved, but also I don't think it could have happened at a better place. It made perfect sense for the Bucks to drop those tag titles in Chicago to yeah. the Lucha Brothers. Because especially you have that strong Mexican demographic over there in Chicago. So it made perfect sense. Like, obviously, they couldn't have this match in Mexico, you know, and for you know for the AEW tag strap. So what's the second best place? Chicago. So it just made perfect sense. It was such a, a, a beautiful ending, them celebrating it. And I'm just so happy for them, man. And I, I'm, you know, it was just an incredible moment and an incredible match that I'm sure that it's gonna be on top of our list. If it's not number one, it's gonna be it's gonna be up there, dude. When we talk about matches of the year, oh for sure, dude. Right in my seat after that match is over, I added it to my match. Yeah, me list too. My me too. On me my too. Phone. Me too, bro. Me yeah, too. It, it should just, be it should be fun when we start comparing lists and we start like breaking down. Like, I don't know, we have to fucking squeeze it to ten only. So I guarantee, yeah, I guarantee we have to like the same exact list too. Yeah, just like, like identical. Oh, dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be a dope process. Um. Listen, I want to I wanna, uh, just mention one thing. I want to go backwards real quick because this was an incredible moment, too. So when Moxie uh, beats uh, uh, Kojima, we get Suzuki, bro. <laughs> Yo, tell me about that entrance, man. And just, the, oh my just that yeah, atmosphere that was, there. <laughs> that was one of the most shocking moments of the night, too, that, again, fell under the radar with, the, with all the other debuts mm-hmm. we got. This was on. This was crazy. I was not expecting this. Um, I'm so glad the crowd went nuts for the Kase Nina R.A. part. Um, dope. Just freaking, dope. oh my god, what a badass Suzuki look walking out there, man. Yeah. Like that swagger that he had, and then the uh, the little altercation that they had, and, mm-hmm. you know, Suzuki ends up hitting him with the Gotch-style pile driver, which was awesome. Yeah, I mean, this was something that I don't think anybody expected, so really, really cool to see that. Um, you know, kind of to fast forward a little bit on what we got later on this week, I thought their match this past week on Dynamite was cool. I kind of wanted more, but it seems yeah. like they're going to keep yeah. telling this story, because, uh, you know, spoiler alert, um, at the dark tapings, Eddie Kingston, that's happening at, that, that happened at Universal Studios, uh, Eddie Kingston got on the mic and kind of made a challenge that he wants to, uh, him and Mox want to face um, Suzuki and, and Archer um, at Archer Ash, which is a show that we're going to be at on my birthday, so that's going to be a pretty dope tag match if it happens. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is going to happen if, uh, you know, based on what happened there, but what I read too. So, yeah, I mean, Suzuki coming back is always going to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I felt like the match on Wednesday was okay, but uh, it felt kind of like a waste, really, yeah, in my yeah. opinion. I guess, you know, they gave Moxley uh, his homecoming gift. And they cut Suzuki's Suzuki. fucking entrance. Right, they cut oh. his entrance, yeah. I mean, and I'm not gonna really going to, I know a lot of people are ragging on AEW for that. Listen, they probably just got short for time or something like that. Like, um, like Tony Khan knows. Like, he's, he's aware that that's a big part of his entrance. Right. We got it all out. Yeah, it probably just got, I don't know, probably something got mixed up with timing issues and time restraints, something right. like that. I don't know. But I, I don't really think it's a big deal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's so cool that Suzuki's going to be sticking around and him and Archer versus Mox and Eddie at uh, Arthur Ashe, if, if it happens, which I'm sure it will, yeah. will be one hell of a tag match. It, that's just going to, I mean, imagine that opening up the show. I mean, that that's, that, that's going to be awesome. Uh, I, I want to uh, touch briefly on Jericho and MJF. I thought the the match was for good what it was. I, I enjoyed the the dusty finish where we thought like fuck yo they screwed Jericho and then uh you know they restarted the match and then obviously Jericho picked up the win. But man, we gotta give we gotta give AEW Jericho the congratulations because God that entrance for him was god awful. Oh my God, dude! What 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 were they thinking? That's one of the most over parts of the show. Is everybody singing his song, mm. and you can't expect everybody to sing his song as good as they did. Um, I forget where they were in that one time where that Jericho uh, didn't have his his Judas theme, and the whole crowd sung along with him. Like right. I think it was Houston or something like that. Mm-hmm. They can't expect the whole Chicago crowd to do the same thing. Like that was just like it was so offbeat, off key. Uh, people just didn't even know what part to sing next. Uh. It was just such a disaster. After I saw that. Because this was a match, too, that I really didn't care for that much. Um, I used this as my bathroom break. And actually, <laughs> actually that's where I saw um, Iridian at the um, at the Vodka Lemonade stand, too, mm-hmm. where we talked for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't miss the whole match. I got back, and then I saw, you know, basically uh, the conclusion of it and everything like that. But I just, I feel like, no disrespect to any of, any, either one of them, I've just seen it too many times, bro. I, I just feel like this thing has been going on for far too long. Right. And I was like, you know, I... I I could have gone during the women's casino battle royale, but I was thinking at that point, you know, everybody is going to the bathroom for that match. So I'm right. like, you know, I'm going to wait for a match that not a lot of people are you know, <laughs> going to be up there for. So that was my thinking in that. Um, so no disrespect to them, but I thought it was good for what it was. Dusty finish worked. Yep. Um, and yeah, and I, I thought there was a slim chance that Jericho could have lost, but um, I'm happy that he didn't. Yeah, Jericho is doing some great work yeah, and I too. just hate to see him. Um, you know, have to hang it up this soon. And you know what? While the entrance was, you know, horrendous, I will say they kind of did made up for it at the end when they had the rest of the inner circle come out after Jericho picked up the win, and then the whole crowd started singing Judas with with the inner circle members, you know, yeah, singing with yeah. them. That that kind of made up for the entrance, so I did enjoy that. Uh, my girl Ruby, Ruby Soho, she made her debut at, at Women's Battle Royale, uh, Casino Battle Royale. Um, I'm a big Ruby fan. I love Ruby. Um. I could tell her coming out, she got a little bit choked up just seeing the reaction from the audience. And you know what? Seeing Thunder Rosa and Ruby going at it at the end, man. Because um, I'm a big Thunder Rosa fan, too. Uh, man, I, I was torn, bro. I was torn because it's like, you know, part of me feels like Thunder Rosa should win this because it's like, you know, Ruby's just coming in. But then again, Ruby making her debut, it's like you kind of got to give it to her. So I hope somewhere down the line we can revisit this and we get kind of like a feud going between Ruby and and Thunder Rosa, because uh, I'm a big fan of both of them, and I'm just happy for Ruby. She looks so happy compared to, you know, where she came from, you know. She, it's just, um, 
I have high hopes for Ruby. Yeah, well, if you if you watch the uh, the posts uh, show Scrum, you could just tell how happy she is to yeah. be in AEW. Um, praise them to the moon and back. Um, so happy she like she was over the moon. I've never seen her like that before in my life. Me so, either. Me either. Very very cool. Mm-hmm. That that theme song too. Let's talk about that theme song, man. Wow. What yeah. a Freaking banger. I had that song stuck in my head all weekend. I, long. I actually have it stuck in my head right now. <laughs> right now, yeah, I know. Um. But yeah, I was I was surprised that she went over. I mean, I don't hate it, um, mm-hmm. but I was very surprised. I I was expecting Thunder Rosa to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, I you love a good swerve, so yeah. uh, like you said, hopefully we see these two down the line in a one on one singles match. I'm sure we will. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Ruby face everybody because yeah. it's just fresh new matchups. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, main event: Christian Cage, Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. I thought this match was good, but I feel like their match they had a rampage a couple weeks ago was better, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But the match, good. I, I love the ending. That top rope, uh, one uh, winged angel, I thought was incredible. But I think the biggest, um, you know, highlight was post-match um, that we got here. So, um, take it away, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, well, see, like, the match, I thought, like, everybody was just waiting for Brian Danielson to come in. Right. Everybody knew that was going to happen. So, like, I don't know, I feel like it took away from the match a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, I did not expect what we got instead of just a, a normal Brian Danielson <sighs> debut, man. So, obviously, the Elite starts um, beating down Christian and everything. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus yep. come in, beat them down. And, you know, the lights go out. And, you know, I didn't realize that before the lights went out, Kenny Omega in his promo said, you know, nobody can beat me. Yep. I've beaten everybody, even if they're dead. Yeah, he said Did something down. Yeah, he said, um, nobody could beat me. Nobody could touch me. Um, they, you know, the, the, you know, the people, he said something down like the people either they're, they, they're either somewhere else or they're dead. And then that's when the lights went out. And then. We get this incredible fucking theme, which is like, wow, man. Look at this guy's making his debut, and look at how much they value this guy already. Now, granted, I know he's best friends with all the, you know, the the EVPs, which obviously that helps. But Jesus Christ, this is how how you know when you're valued. The horseshit that Adam Cole was coming out to for months (laughs) compared to this fucking amazing theme that has essence to the Undisputed Era theme song. Oh my God, bro! This is this is how you treat a talent that you value, okay? And we're gonna get and we're gonna get into the rumors that came out uh, about Adam Cole if he would have stayed in the WWE. But man, this oh, is God. how you show value to someone. And I know the show's long. We're going long here, but it's all worth it, okay? We got a lot of talk about. But man, this is how you value someone. Adam Cole no, looks like a uh, fucking dude, million 100%. bucks. I mean this. The lights went out. I was filming because I was waiting for Brian Anderson. Bro, the, when he said even when they're dead, did not even hit me. Did not even, I did not think Adam Cole. I had no clue. I, I just, I legit was shocked. I was legit shocked. I was shocked I too. Cole's I was shocked too. On the screen. I was shocked too. I couldn't believe it. Was it was just unbelievable. Like, what a swerve. And then, at that point, I was like, all right, well, we got Adam Cole. Maybe we won't get Brian Danielson because I, I doubt going to blow too, right? With Arthur Ashe coming up. <laughs> Wrong. Man, when, when all of a sudden... Uh, Kenny starts doing his, you know, goodbye and goodnight yeah. closing uh, line, and then all of a sudden the uh, Daniel Bryan's theme music hits. Very uh, WWE, you know, um, his his WWE theme song is is kind of very similar in the beginning of it. It kind of uh, has like it's like the it has like the essence of his WWE theme, but then it kind of turns into like this like weird like 
Skrillex type vibe to yeah. it. Yeah. I don't. I don't hate the song. I'm not saying I, I don't hate the no, song. No, no. Apparently, good. so I read. I don't know if you got to read this week. Uh, this week, but apparently they try to get the rights for the the. It's the final countdown. Yes, but yeah, apparently it was like too much fucking money. So they're like, you know what? We're gonna come <laughs> well, up with our own shit. <laughs> listen, when it's too much money for Tony Khan, that's how you know. Right, 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 right. So maybe it's not worth it. So I thought the song was pretty good the way it was. Um, you know. I, it, Again, at first people are like, oh, you know, I don't know how to feel about it. But, you know, you listen to it a bunch of times and it, it you know, you kind of get used to it. So, yeah. it's, you know, it grows on you pretty quickly. But I thought Adam Cole's, um, I mean, Danielson's was good, but I thought Adam Cole's was just, like you said, on another level. You know, um, so they so they got me, see, they got me completely when I, was, when I saw Adam Cole. I couldn't believe it, right? But then they got me even more. And I, at first, I, 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 not that I hated it, but I just didn't know how to feel at the time. But then, like, just kind of, like, letting things, uh, you know, like, kind of uh, sit in. And I'm like, you know what? This is the right call. So when Adam Cole gets in the ring, now, for the longest, since these Adam Cole rumors started coming out, like, is he going to sign? Is he uh, going to resign with WWE or whatever? Um, you know, I, I, I was playing both sides of the field. I said, like, how good it would be for Adam Cole to reunite with his best friends. And then I would also be like, but you know what? Like, I feel like if anyone could beat that barrier would be Adam Cole being like an AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan, which I was completely wrong, especially when the rumors came out. But I was kind of like looking at both sides here or whatever, right? And then, you know, seeing Adam Cole come out or whatever, everybody, you know, for the longest, for, for the for the last couple of weeks, months or whatever with these rumors, like, oh, how can Adam Cole show up to AEW if he's dead? And I'm like, shut up. Shut up. What are you? Yeah, you live those, in, are people, those are marks that you, look way too much. Yeah, you, what are you? Like, oh, no, if, if, um, if Adam Cole comes um, back, you know, they got to acknowledge that or whatever. And obviously they did that in BTE, which was a, a great episode or whatever. But, um... You know, Adam Cole, if you see him in the ring, if you go back and watch, Adam Cole goes like, he tells, he's yelling at Kenny Omega at first or whatever. The Young Bucks look scared and they're like, like, all right. And he's like, Adam, relax or whatever. And he's just looking straight at Kenny and goes like, you think I forgot what you did to me? You think you, you forgot, you, you think I forgot what you did to me, you son of a bitch or whatever. And then he super kicks Jungle Boy or whatever. So, oh, at, so, perfect. so at first I'm like, oh man, I'm like, damn, he's rejoining the elite. And at first I'm like, Man, but I really want to see this Kenny and uh, Cole feud. But you know what? It kind of makes sense for him to rejoin the Elite and just kind of ride with them for a while. And then at some point, we finally see, like, tension break. And then we kind of see the, the like the seeds planted of the eventual Kenny and Cole feud. Because I think somewhere down the line, that's what we need to get. But you know what? It makes sense for Cole to join the Elite now. Oh, a hundred percent. This was the way to go. Like you right. said, you, you slow burn to him and Kenny. Yeah. You don't. You don't just give it right to us, especially since they're look. I mean, looks like, and I don't really know. They they're gonna have a decision on their hands eventually. AEW because you still have Hangman Adam Page. Yep. Who's gonna come back at some point? Who everybody wants to see right. face Kenny to win the belt, right? But now you got Brian Danielson. You got CM Punk in there, and like, how long can you hold off that eventual Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson match that was teased heavily? on Wednesday night, you know, like, so how long can you hold up on that? I don't know, man. They're going to have a decision. Like, they got a lot of top players that they could possibly put in there for, uh, for you know, Kenny Omega's championship. So I don't know what they're going to do. I'm thinking the plan is still going to be Hangman Page. Um, but like I said, they, they got a lot of guys that they could easily, you know, put in into dream match scenarios with Kenny Omega. But within Adam Cole's case, this was the perfect way. You have him rejoin the elite. And then eventually you have like some dissension in the elite. I mean, it's that's bound to happen eventually. Right. 
Um, and then, you know, you will get that match somewhere down the line. Whether it's for the belt or not, I don't really don't care. I just right. want to see the match. Um, but, yeah, I thought this was the perfect way. So cool to see them hugging each other and the Young Bucks doing their famous, you know, the kiss, kiss. Yep, on yep, one yep, side yep. of yep. Uh, yeah, on Cole's cheeks. Uh, I thought it was so cool, man. And then, you know, of course, we get the, the Daniel Bryan thing. I just, I can't believe, I don't even know if this, I, I don't want it to sound like a bad thing, but because I know a lot of people like, oh, you know, saying this is like a bad thing, but they blew their load completely. Oh, in they, one. No, they did. They did. They absolutely I, did. But like, I'm not saying it. I mean, I, and I'm not just saying it selfishly because I was there, but like, I just don't think like they have a bunch of big shows coming up. So like, instead of having a debut at Arthur Ashe, you can like, like, I mean, if this is where they're headed, they could do that big eight man tag match and have all these guys featured instead of doing a debut there. So, I mean, you know, they could have held off on one of them, but I just thought, you know, the buzz coming out of this show because of those two debuts, I mean, holy crap, like it got everybody talking. I thought the whole segment and the closing was just done so perfectly. Yep. Dude, I couldn't get over it, man. Like I, I did not even know, like, like I took, I took a picture of both um, Adam Cole and Brian Danielson on, on the stage and I was going to tweet it out. I, I didn't even know what to write. Like, I didn't even know like what to say in the tweet because that's how like, speechless i was after this whole thing happened like it was just incredible i was i was on a high for for a couple days man i was on a high from from all out and i just this this is what i mean and 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 i feel like next week we'll talk a little bit more about this but when it comes to wrestling culture AEW's moving the needle and making an impact no pun WWE, there's no excitement there, and I and and I'm not trying to say this. When I'm saying this, it's not coming from a place of hate at all. Don't get me wrong; they had a phenomenal SmackDown this past week. I thought SmackDown this week was amazing, but SmackDown nine times out of ten, it's always a good to great show, right? This past SmackDown at Madison Square Garden was a great show, top to bottom. I thought it was a great show, but when it comes to the rest of their product, like man, like when you talk about excitement levels. You either talk about the Roman Reigns story or the the the, the entertaining stuff from Ray, um I was gonna say Rated RKO um RK Bro <laughs> RK Bro yeah that's it yeah, yes no, they're they're, I, they're I building mean... they're building they're building stars obviously with Matt Riddle and Damian Priest they're nine they're right now in contention they're they're gonna be top stars like you know main eventing somewhere down the line I feel like in 2022 that's who we're gonna see in the main event picture but there's just no excitement there listen Becky's back I'm sorry. While I feel like she's doing an okay job as a heel, especially what we got on SmackDown, like she was getting booed, which this is what we want, right? And Bianca, thankfully, even though they did a terrible job with her at SummerSlam, thankfully, Bianca has not lost steam whatsoever. And yeah, people starting to turn on Becky. But, you know, in my opinion, even with Becky's return, she's not moving the needle. I'm sorry. And that's not necessarily, no, no a, way. That's not necessarily a knock towards her. That's more a knock at the company. Something's wrong with WWE. They, they, there's no excitement there. There's no excitement with WWE whatsoever. They're not doing anything for wrestling culture. I'm sorry. They're becoming Walt Disney. And I yeah. mean that in a bad way. Like financially, no, financially they're doing, financially they're doing great. Good for them. But when it comes to wrestling culture, I'm sorry, they're doing nothing. And they don't care. They don't care. That that's that's exactly what they want. They want to be Walt Disney. They want to be entertainment. They don't they don't care about being a wrestling company. I mean, that's been obvious for a long time now. So they, I don't think like when people say like they look at AEW and they they're just like, oh my god, WWE's got to be thinking that WWE ain't thinking nothing, bro. Like they don't care. Like it's obvious that they don't care. Yeah, they just lost Adam Cole. And they just lost Daniel Bryan. 
I don't really think they care that much, though. Like, people are going to say, oh, Vince is going to be pissed. I don't think Vince is going to be pissed. Hey. I don't think he's pissed at all. I really don't. Hey. I don't think he cares. I just think it's like, all right, next. We're going to move on to the next big star. We're going to find the next uh, ex-football player. we got Gable Steveson uh, coming in. We're, 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 don't worry. Like, we're going to, like, I don't think he fucking cares. And excuse my language, but that was, I don't think he cares whatsoever. I really don't. And, and kind of going back to the whole Brian Adam Cole thing, in my opinion, okay, I think that Adam Cole going to AEW is bigger than the and Brian Danielson. I'm going to tell you why. Not from like a, a superstar type level, because obviously Brian Danielson is Brian Danielson, right? But Brian Danielson, he's on the tail end of his career, okay? Right. Adam Cole is only 32. You yeah. had you had the next Shawn Michaels in your fucking company. And you wanted to make him a manager and change his name. What is fucking wrong with you? So, obviously, he went to AEW. And guess what? He's probably going to stay in AEW for the rest of his fucking career. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that as a bad thing. Obviously, he might, if he wants to, he could, you know, he could go to New Japan or go to Impact. If that's what something he wants to do with the whole forbidden door being wide open. But he's probably going to... If for the next 20 years, all right, if he's 32, if he wants to wrestle till he's 50, he's probably going to spend the rest of his career in AEW. And can you blame him? No, because WWE, once again, and I'm not saying Triple H, but WWE as a whole did not value what Adam Cole brings to the company. If anybody wants to argue with me or argue with the show, well, Adam Cole is small. Adam Cole is not like big as like these other guys. Look at what Adam Cole did when he was on the main roster, when NXT and was uh, evading Raw and SmackDown during the Survivor Series build or whatever. Look what Adam Cole was doing with guys like Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins. He's a main event player. WWE just does not value this guy whatsoever, and he made the right decision going to AEW. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And like I, like you said, I completely agree. He'll probably end the rest of his career there, because I just don't see a guy like him. Like, how is he going to go to AEW, right? Like like he just did, right? He left WWE. He even said, like, this, that was his dream, and he, still, and he left. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like what is going to make him go back to the WWE? Like, 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 what is going to like? He's gonna love it so much. He's gonna have such a great run in AEW. That what? What's? What's gonna make him sit there and say to himself, "Yeah, I gotta go back to the WWE." Like, he's getting, he's getting money. Happened. He's getting creative control. He's with his right. girlfriend. He's best with his friend. best friends. Come on, dude. I, I know it's the best of both worlds for for him. I mean, I really, I don't, I don't see how he could ever be unhappy there. As far as every a lot of other talent there too, if you could say that. You know, who either either went from WWE to there or just started there, and they hear all the horror stories about WWE. It's like, how are any of these people going to want to go there? You know, right. unless the, everything drastically changes. But I mean, who knows if that's ever going to happen? Um, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, bro. Like, and the fact that McMahon and, and Kevin Dunn and Pritchard and whoever else was involved wanted him to be a manager for Keith Lee. I mean, what my goodness, fuck, man. That just bro. goes to show how out of touch these idiots are that run that company, man. I mean, I, I, could you, I, it's just, like you said, I have no words. Like, they never cease to amaze me. Like, like this shit is just, it's mind-boggling. It really is. It's mind-boggling. You had your next Shawn Michaels, like you just said, easily, easily your next top star, the main event, the next several mm-hmm. WrestleManias, yep. similar to what Roman Reigns did. Yep. And you let him walk out the door because... I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if they offer, what money they offered him. Um, but, I, again, you know, the Twitch thing probably played a big factor in it. Yeah, the creative thing probably played Ugh. a big factor in it. I don't know. But it definitely, you know, it did not help. It, it did not help their case of keeping Adam Cole, that's for sure. 
it, it it's mind boggling, dude. And you know what? Like, kind of going back to what I said, um, you know, they they there's just no excitement there. And now we're getting these Kevin Owens rumors and the Sami Zayn rumors. And you know what? They need to get the fuck out of there. Um, I, as much as I've enjoyed most of Kevin Owens' work in WWE and parts of his run, I feel like he's been underutilized. Um, I do like the last year that we got from Kevin Owens. Maybe not some of his recent stuff, but like the the story he was told with Roman. I think the Roman a storyline rejuvenated Kevin Owens to back to like a main event role. But like prior to that, ever since that Goldberg loss. I'm sorry, Kevin Owens to me, as much as I love the guy, it's been hit or miss. And it's not his fault. It's just, I don't know, It he lost some steam after that Goldberg loss, you know? And he should have never lost to Goldberg to begin with. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think he's had a good run there. But, you know, like you said, it's been up and down, and, and, and he hasn't really done anything relevant in a long, long time. I mean, that, that feud with Roman, that was back in, like, December and January. And yep. it's just, uh, he hasn't done anything relevant since. Um yeah, he's he wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if he left, and I know he's been teasing it uh, and Twitter with his bio, and he has friends over there, there too, and that, that's the whole thing too. WWE so fucking like clueless about it; they don't understand. Like, yo, these these towns are friends with each other. Like, they, oh, they're they're, they're right, friends. Right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they're they friends with all them. over all these different companies, right? Like, if they lose their job or you just don't do better with these towns, they're gonna find work elsewhere. <laughs> Dude, I know, man. They, like, like I said before, they just don't care. Like, I don't think they care at all. Like, I mean, I because WWE, like you said, they're doing great financially. They're, the wheel's just going to keep turning. Like, right. there's going to be people that still do want to be there, despite you know how the company is, just because it's it's WWE. You know, it's 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 the biggest. It's it's Disneyland of, of pro wrestling. So there's going to always be guys that want to go there. Um, so like, like they'll be fine. Um, that's why I just feel like they just don't care about losing these, these pro wrestlers, these indie guys. They just don't care. That, that's, that's really what it comes down to. Listen, after watching All Out, these are the guys that came to my mind, right? I was thinking, uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, um, there was another one in there, uh, that I can't think of. Cesaro, I was thinking of those guys. I was like, I wonder how they feel about All Out, you know? Um, yeah. Where right. their minds, and I, don't get me wrong. Finn Balor is obviously in the in this. Uh, he's brought the demon back, and he's in this feud with Roman. But listen, as as much as I love Balor, whatever, we know how this feud is gonna end, right? And then a guy like AJ, while you can make the argument mm, he hasn't really been utilized to his full potential in the last couple of months or whatever, you know, for the most part, he's had a really great run in WWE. But it's like, as much of a great run you could have, it's like, you know, don't you want to be challenged? And a guy like AJ, right? He also has a lot of friends in AEW, and this is something that I always like to tease on the show. Like, man, I, I, I want to see AJ in AEW at some point or whatever. Even if it's not, like, for a full-time deal, like, I just want I just want one match. That's all I want from AJ and AEW. But um, I always, like, after watching All Out, specifically those guys that I named, I wonder what they thought and where their mind was at watching that pay-per-view, you know? Yeah, no, I know. I completely, I completely agree. Like I was like Finn Balor, I was thinking of the most because I don't know. He just seems like a guy who just doesn't want to be on the main roster. I know he pitched recently too. I don't know if you read this that he wants to be in NXT UK. I mean, that's how low he's, he's willing to swoop to, to not be on the main roster. Oof, um, NXT UK, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and I just think about him the most too because obviously he had a lot of history in NXT with Adam Cole too, right. and he probably just sees Adam Cole going there. 
And uh, I mean, even a lot of guys too, like Johnny Gargano, um, Tommaso Ciampa, like they were tweeting about about the uh, Adam Cole. Um, well, they like they posted the Instagram yeah, yeah, uh, story yeah. uh, pictures of, of him with uh, Adam Cole. So like, you know, what are all them thinking? Yeah, I mean, it's just like they have to be like, goddamn, like. I want to be there. Like, yeah. how could you not? Like, right. if you really love pro wrestling, how could you, like, not say you want right. to be involved in, in that much fun, you know? Uh, but, uh, and unfortunately, this, this thing is, the thing is, not everybody can go there, too. That's the thing. Like, Kevin Owens thing and too. Sami Zayn, if they were to leave, that not everybody can go right. there. It's literally thing. going to become WWE 2.0. And I get it. Like, you know, these are some great talents. I want all these guys to be there. I yeah. want to see what they're like with the right. handcuffs off because we haven't seen it in a while. But at the same time, too, where does guys like Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy... Right, and those uh, are the guys you, know, you need to build for all, the future. Right, all these young, talented stars, where do they fit if all you're going to do is get WWE guys? Yep. I just don't understand where, like I said, like I just don't know where, where you go. And it's just, it sucks because... Like I said, I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan. Yeah, of course yeah. I want him in AEW. Right. But imagine how many more guys can you possibly sign? And we you know? still have I the mean, Bray Wyatt. Tony Khan have a budget? And we still have the Bray Wyatt factor still, like, rumbling. Oh, it's no, like so I much. Know. And that's my biggest fear. Going back to, like, maybe six months ago, um, my fear was, like, at the time, I was like, listen, there's a lot of talent in AEW. And I was thinking of a guy like Ethan Page, right? I loved his work in Impact. So I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and she's a big Ethan Page fan. It's like, oh, he's a, he's gonna go to AEW with his friends. I'm like, I understand that, and he's gonna get paid, and I'm happy because he's a family man, right? He's a, he's number one priority. He's a family man. Besides him getting in phenomenal shape, right? But at the same time, it's like a guy like Ethan Page. I'm also worried about because at the and this was at the time. It's like, what is he gonna do there? They they have so much talent back then. Fast forward six months later, don't get me wrong, he's getting paid, he's making a ton of money, but you can make the argument, his impact run has been better, was better, than his current yeah. run in AEW, because now he's put in another tag team with Scorpio Sky, for no apparent reason, the, 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 the men of the year, which don't get me wrong, I am enjoying the stuff he's doing with, uh, with, Lam, uh, with, with Dan Lambert, I'm enjoying that stuff, I'm enjoying that stuff a lot, but... They're not really move. They're not really doing anything else besides that. So it's like, yeah, no, he's I getting know. paid. Good for him. Don't get me wrong. He deserves all the money in the world. But they're not doing nothing with him. And now more and more talent is going to AEW. It's like, okay, at some point, maybe not so much on the women's side of things, but when it comes to like the men's side of things, Tony's Tony Khan's gonna have some tough decisions to make because I think eventually you're gonna have to start getting rid of the fat if that makes any sense. No, you you are, and, and I don't know if you saw the whole thing going on with Melissa Santos and uh, Brian Cage oh, about how, yeah. And listen, like I I don't know, like so actually, uh, I I don't know if you ever have you ever met Brian Cage before? No, but um, I I've always wanted to meet him. I just never really got an opportunity. It's always been one of those situations where he's done an indie. And he just gets crowded by like these mild people. I'm like, I'm not fucking bothering this guy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I, well, so the reason why I say that is because at the fan fest, oh, he's, you know, it sounds like you're about to tell me a story that he's not a great guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know for sure, but you know, so they, they charge crazy prices for some of these people at the fan fest, and Brian Cage was fifty dollars, which all right. I mean, you know, I, I mean that's a lot of money, but I, I, you know, Serena Deep was also fifty dollars too. Mm. So I don't know who pays for these things. Those two 
had no line whatsoever. Like, wow. barely funny. Yeah, like, and this, there was this one dude that went up to me, Brian Cage, who I guess paid for him. And, man, like, Brian was, he looked like, he almost, like, no-sold this dude, bro. Like, he literally looked like he did not want to be there. He looked fucking miserable. He just, like, he looked like he was, like, pissed off. And to me, I was just like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I would ever meet this guy. I don't really know. Like, I'm not a huge Brian Cage guy to begin with. I never really was. Right. But that, that interaction, and I don't know. I wasn't up there. I don't, maybe the kid walked away with, like, a really great experience. I don't know. From what I saw from afar, right. I was I was standing on the line to meet um uh, the Jurassic Express. Mm-hmm. He did not look like a pleasant meet and greet. And then you see <laughs> him complaining, uh, well, his wife complaining about how he's being misused. Oh god! I mean, listen, like I I mean, are you kidding me? Like, d- dude, he's he's been in the company for a year and a half now, and he's been in some big time matches. Come on, he's the former. He's also he's also the former FTW World Champ. Great, <laughs> right. they put him with Taz for Christ's sake. Like, to say he's been misused, I mean, listen, if uh, Angelico and Jack Evans, H2, H, whatever they H2. are, uh, the Hybrid 2. The hybrid 2, yep. I totally understand because those guys are being misused. Right. But Brian Cage, he's being misused? I mean, come on. But then, but right when I saw that, I was like, well, here it comes. It's starting already. You hear all these great things about how glorious AEW is, how yep. great Tony Khan is. Yep. But it's going to get to that point where, where, where talent is going to get frustrated with their spots because they're signing guys like Sam Punk and Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. And it's going to come to a point where they're going to get frustrated with the company too, and we're not going to see such glorious things about AEW anymore. So it's going to eventually get to that point. Yep. I'm not looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens. That's what happens with, with all these free agents available. Yep. This is what's eventually going to happen with AEW. Yeah, man. Um, well, listen. We, I think for the most part, this whole episode is very positive AEW stuff or whatever. Um, for the most part, and then obviously um, this stuff that's happening. But like I said, Tony Khan's going to have some tough decisions at some point, and he, he's going to you know start getting rid of the fat. All right. Um, one last thing, and we'll wrap up because I know you got something to do. NXT next week. We're going to hit the new, new era of NXT. What are your expectations, if you have any? Uh, yeah, I, I really don't. I, I don't have any <laughs> expectations. Uh, Come on, bro. You're not into the whole Nickelodeon splash gimmick? Listen, I'm going to give it a chance. I, I'm going to give it a chance and okay. see what it's like. Because, I mean, they already have, they have a good main event. No, nah, they do. Four, they do. It's a fatal four-way match to determine Samoa Joe's number one contender. Right. So, we we, I mean, we I, also I, got a great women's match, Ty, Ty Valkyrie um, versus uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Yep. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it seems like the old NXT to me. So, right. I don't know. I mean, besides the colors and... Uh, I, mean, I know they leaked out. Did you see the leak of the what the new arena is going to look like? They, I guess they're adding more bleachers or whatever like that. So uh, that looks cool. So so, um, so besides the the logo with the colorful color gimmicks or whatever, like I, I'm you know, and I am poking fun here or whatever, but I'm I'm kind of optimistic here. I, I feel like this change that we're quote unquote getting, I feel like it's not going to be much of a change. I feel like we're still going to get the same NXT, but it's just going to be like a different logo and obviously a different theme song or whatever. Um, which right, uh. Right. It's it's gonna be a different feel to the show, right? But I mean, like you said, like people just expect like Andre the Giant look likes to just start walking through the door and you know dominating the TV time on, on the show. Like, right. it's not gonna happen. Like, well, like we hope you still have <laughs> you still have all these guys. Right, you still got like MSK. You got a uh, Hit Row, Legal El Fantasma. You have all these uh, stables I mean, you too. Still got everybody there. So, right. like I said, I feel like. Everything is going to be fine for the time being. So I'm optimistic, too. We'll see what happens. I'm actually looking forward to it <laughs> in a weird way. All right, brother. Bro, we went long. 
on today's episode because we we just had so much shit to talk about. Like you took over the show. I already I already know the the title of the name of this episode or whatever that you're gonna enjoy. But uh, give me your plugs, and bro. <laughs> All right, follow at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter at Lucha Outsiders as well as um, on Instagram at Royal underscore Ramble underscore Wrestling. Um, the Wrestle Radar, if you want to follow on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my focus has been completely Lucha Outsiders, so I haven't, I didn't even, I haven't even, like, tweeted or put on anything about, like, Chicago on there at all. So, <laughs> if you want to follow, I'd appreciate it, but if you don't, I really don't care. Um, and uh, also, too, my brother's going to be whipping up some sort of vlog thing. We kind of slacked on the vlog this past weekend in Chicago. So much going on, and right. you kind of, like, forget, you forget to film because you're right. having so much fun. Things going so fast. He's going to put together a little something so you can see some footage. Um, so if you want to follow on there, the rest, the Wrestling Radar on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, I, uh, I'm sure by the time you get on the air next week, it'll be up and running. So uh, Sounds good, bro. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. You can follow me. Oh, real quick. And you could, and if we were in studio, you probably would give me a congratulations or whatever. And you'll probably be like, oh, my God, you're really doing that? So somehow, some way, I ended up getting a ticket for Ring of Honor's pay-per-view tonight. So I'm actually going to go to that. Uh. So, <laughs> I didn't even know they had a pay-per-view tonight. Death Before Dishonor. Um, listen, it's wrestling. Why not? All right? Um, They have great talent. So we'll see how it goes tonight. Uh, listen, their pay-per-views have been good. Okay? All right? I know we crap a Ring of Honor, but their pay-per-views have been good. So I'm actually going to that tonight. You can follow me at RatedArses87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you miss everything or everything on today's episode, make sure to download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. I don't know why I'm saying this because it's not like we did a Facebook Live. But leave us a rating, a review, and if, um, you know, let us know if we piss you off because, you know, we enjoy pissing off the peckerheads. And that I, is I, I it. I hope we do. <laughs> for the old man Leo that's not here for our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep Rated R. And stay too sweet. Goodbye. Mm, 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 mm. And good night. <laughs> <laughs>